Welcome everybody to episode 120 of the RF Generation Collector Cast. I feel like that's a milestone. I mean, technically it is, like every episode is a milestone, but 120 sounds like a nice good number. So, uh, <laughs> I am joined by the usual cast of uh, characters. So, uh, hey Kelsey, how's life in the not as great white north anymore? Uh, it's super busy right now, but a lot of my busyness is like coming to an end in a couple of weeks um so i can go on vacation and i'm really so which uh, uh, how did you get your 17 jobs to let you go at the same time they just everything just kind of lined up so it's all like ending like right when it's time to go it's wonderful so i, I don't even have to like come back and like worry about all the stuff i'm behind on because it's all like ending right before i leave it's wonderful <laughs> I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, most people, if they're getting ready to like take an international trip for a couple of weeks, don't start jumping into a bunch of new jobs right before that. So kudos to your new I'm employers not most for being like, yeah, go. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, you got a five job, mom. Um, I get that reference. How about you, now? Bill? Yeah. Oh, no, now you've seen the video. You know. What's, uh, what's up in your neck of the woods, Bill? How's life treating you? Oh yeah, it's busy. You know, like always, um, it's it's just busy differently, right? So like, at first it's busy because like, oh, like kids are in school and there's all this stuff going on, and like now school's out, so it's just like a different kind of busy. Like it's busy in their home all the time, and you know, you got your summer reading and you're trying to like, you know, do stuff with them. And uh, I'm lucky that I have kids that really really like to be outside. So once they kind of like stop belly aching about they can't keep playing games, you know, like all day on a Tuesday. They're like, oh, let's just go outside, you know, so that's that's kind of cool. Uh, but, yeah, I've been uh, playing some games, been uh, watching some stuff, and uh, we got a big, big holiday coming up uh, tomorrow, so hopefully get some, uh, some relaxation uh, time in, get a free day there. So, yeah, overall pretty good. So how about that? You guys have Father's Day tomorrow as well, Kelsey up there? I didn't know if it was, uh, you know, like Super Boxing Day or something. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> or if they have it like in our, October, like our Father's Day is a month ahead. Yeah, it's like Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 they're, 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 yeah, well they're, they're metrics, so you have to convert the date and then you get the new <laughs> one. <laughs> well, you know, at least Bill and I will get to start ours three hours earlier than you. I'll say all I can true. say. Uh, well, good. Yeah, I would say I've, I've, uh, I've had the day off myself. Um, we were talking a little beforehand. I'm, my fam has been gone, so I've had kind of a day to myself to kind of do whatever. And it's been relaxing. I've been enjoying it. But we'll get into the the whatnots and the shenanigans. So um, let's let's do some real catch up. So uh, Kelsey, games you've been playing, life you've been living. What's up, man? So you'll be thrilled to know that I am done with Final Fantasy thirteen too. I think you're through. I think you might be more thrilled than anyone. Yeah, I'm with Bill. (laughs) I need you to be happy. You know, you've done yourself a favor. I'm happy for you for sure. I, I, you know, I'm glad you've decided to spare yourself. The guy I play with, he's really big about like doing everything in a game before we move on. So I would have dropped this game like 20 hours ago, probably. I would have just bare bones finished it. But he's like, we got to get as many fragments as we can. And there's 160 fragments, and we got to 158. And the last two, just what the amount of time we would have had to spend just to grind out those two would have been like a dozen more hours. So we were like, this is good. We'll leave it here. 
We're gonna... Snow is is safe and can. He do didn't what even he needs didn't to even do. show up in the finale. I have no idea what's going on with Snow. He was not in a part of this game. You know, just trying to watch his five o'clock shadow. I guess you know. Uh, so we're gonna <laughs> pop in some lightning returns tomorrow and get that one started before I leave. I you know, man. Godspeed. I hear. <laughs> I, I mean, I hear good things about that one. Me too. I, I I hear that it's like, uh, and you and me, we we've said this many times before. You and me are are high or we're hot on thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember a lot about thirteen too. I remember starting it, being really confused and not sticking with it, um, and just figuring See, oh, I'll get back to that at some point. Than I am. <laughs> And I also really like, you know, I've told you about a handful of games that I've started in the past and you're like, hey, don't don't push yourself. Like if you've given it till this point, like you gave it the old college try, like yeah. feel for, you know, like at this point, I'd like, say you know, if, if you played the first 20 minutes of 13-2, you've played the best part of 13-2. Cause <laughs> the opening cinematic with lightning is actually really cool. It looks awesome. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's fun. You don't, yeah, you don't have any idea what's going on, but it, it's just a mm. big spectacle. And then it right. just gets so bad and never gets better yeah. after that. Yeah, but I've heard I've heard very good things about Lightning Returns, and I've always wanted to kind of just read a wiki about what happens in two, and then just play Lightning Returns. So I'm really curious your experience with Lightning Returns as you get through it. Well, here's what happens in two: there's a bunch of gibberish time travel and parallel dimension stuff that makes no sense. There's multiple endings, none of which have make any sense to the other endings, and even if you get the absolute best ending. Uh, it is irrelevant to anything you just did. So you you can literally skip to X thirteen two, and I mm. don't think you'll miss anything if you just jump right into Lightning Returns. Right. So it's like Mass I mean, Effect two. It is exactly no. like that story wise. No. <laughs> Meaningless. Uh, now, uh, you know. Well, so I'm I'm glad you're going to reach the end of the fabula nova crystallis or whatever they called that yeah something like that isn't that what they called that thing something like that, that sounds if right. you if you just remembered that from that. your uh from your memory banks then good for you how could you forget when they're like we're coming out with this it's gonna be a whole blah 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 the fabula nova crystallis <laughs> you have to when you when you hear something like that you're like going okay either you're gonna knock it out of the park or train wreck city all right if you committed that far that's back when like versus thirteen was still a thing. Remember that? I do. I do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I used to go back twenty years in your history books and read up on that one, kids. Well, I'm glad you're rounding third and heading towards home. Now. <laughs> we are. Hopefully, uh, you'll be free soon. I also finished uh, Shin Megami Tensei: Strange Journey Redux. And that yeah, I want to hear about this one because it kept like we like on the Discord we kept getting these updates and updates and then I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> this it might be the hardest RPG I've ever beaten in my life. It was wow. so many roadblocks in that game, and usually in a Shin Megami game, there's like one boss that's way harder than he should be somewhere in the middle of the game, and and you expect it. And I got to that boss and I thought, hey, I'm at that part. I'm in to beat him, and. When I finally got through that part, which was a nightmare, because I finally beat him, and then it's like, ah, just joking, he can resurrect, you have to do it again, but he's harder this time. So I was like, oh, that's extra mean this time. Beat <laughs> the second form, and then every single boss after that for the rest of the game was just this huge wall that stopped me. 
uh, which doesn't happen very often like that, like especially back to back to back. And there was like five or six more of them to go. And I actually thought I was at the final boss like three times. And then the game's like, God, no, there's a whole nother dungeon to go through. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) And sometimes you'd get to the next dungeon. You're like, oh, it's just a little quick one. And then you go to the next floor and it's like, oh, no, this is a huge, this is a full dungeon. Like, this is not a little quick one. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds thrilling. Yeah. I know. Just when you were like, man, like you had read for days, you're trying to figure out this boss. And then you're like. Oh God! Now there's a second form. Like, well, duh, because it's always a second form. But then you're like, oh, that's not even the last boss anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, I've, I haven't been psyched out that hard in quite a long time with last bosses. Uh, but the very last boss in that game. Uh, so if you know much about Shimigami games, a lot of them uh, alignment plays a role in the ending you get. So there's usually a neutral path, a chaotic path, and a lawful path depending on the choices that like the dialogue choices you make through the game and they're usually really really vague they don't kind of tell you which path you're going down uh, but in this one you definitely know what path you're on because it uh, your character uh, your name and like your HP and stuff's all in uh, gray like a normal RPG and then if you're if you're making kind of mean choices going down the chaotic route it'll switch to red and if you're making like the lawful choices it'll switch to blue and each demon in the game is assigned to one of those three alignments. Mm. So, so it's like the end of Mass Effect 3, right? You just have to shoot the red thing or the blue thing. or Yeah, but it's not <laughs> one decision. It's multiple decisions. And then you build your team to match your decisions. Because if you have like all chaos demons in your chaos, uh, then when you hit someone's weakness, everybody that's in the same alignment will attack together. You get like a bonus hit. So if you have four, all four of you are the same alignment, you get four bonus hits. If two of you are the same alignment, you get two bonus hits. So it benefits you damage-wise to have all the same alignment. But then the last boss has this ability where they just send away all of your demons of one alignment. So if you have all chaos demons, it's like, boom, your whole party's gone except for you. And then you're in a really tough spot. So you have to have a more balanced team but then you don't get that extra damage that you would normally get when you're doing the bonus hits. So it's a slow fight. And I took, I don't know, like hours and hours to like grind up uh, my levels a bit, uh, develop a new team, make sure they had all the skills that I wanted them to have. And like, I really spent a ton of time making this like the dream team for this final boss fight. (laughs) And then when I went in to do that fight after uh, this boss creamed me like a dozen times before this, so when I finally spent all this time, went back to fight it, it didn't use that move once where it like locked out your demons and I just steamrolled him because it didn't, didn't do his mean move. He just did normal moves the whole time. So I was like, oh, why did I spend all that time if he wasn't even going to do it? You wore him down over that last 12 times. I did. He just gave up at the end, I think. Just and are there... This guy again? Is there uh, just one difficulty or are there multiple difficulties um, to play the game on? I think think there's multiple yeah i think you can even change it mid game if you like at least lower i don't know if you can raise it higher while you're playing mm-hmm. um but yeah i think there was like easy medium hard kind of thing um, okay. and i was just on normal that's yeah. usually how i play those games uh but even more exciting than both of those i had a really cool week where i got to speak with mike micah the president of digital eclipse and ken lob the uh legendary game designer who's been making games since uh 
NES all the way up. He's still at Microsoft today making games. Um, they both chatted with me about Nintendo games and difficulty um, for some parts in the book that I'm working on. Uh, that was amazing. I mm. Both of these guys were on my like long shot, like I'd love to <laughs> chat with them list. And uh, Steve that I'm working on this book with, uh, my co-author, uh, he reached out to Mike and he was, Mike was like, yeah, I'm in. And I was like, you have to let me take the lead on this. Like, I want to talk to Mike. He's like, okay, he's like, do it. And so I talked to him. And then while I was talking to Mike at the end, I was like, do you know Ken Lobb? He's like, I know Ken. And then he sent him an email and then Ken messaged me back. So I had video chats with both of these guys for 45 minutes and an hour each, just talking about Nintendo. And it was awesome. Both of them have so much love for that era still that they just were just fountains of information uh they just want the, they love talking mm. about that kind of stuff uh and they're really friendly uh really kind guys um it was i don't know like a whole highlight of the year for me to to talk to both of them in the same week mm. uh it was unreal maybe when you go over to japan you can interview yuki chan's papa or something <laughs> from the Mega Man's game so <laughs> Oh, I, the guy who made Mega Man 11 uh, just left Capcom, so I don't know if we're ever getting another Mega Man now. <laughs> we can call him up while you're over then. He's got time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I have to ask then, so is there an, up, an update about the book beyond <laughs> that? Or? Yeah, so basically we didn't expect these to come through. They were, like I said, like long shot things. Uh, so... It's going to delay the book a little more because we got a, some extra work to do. <laughs> but like talking to Steve, I'm like, we don't have a tight deadline. Like we just keep putting these, this deadline on ourselves. So I'm like, let's just make it the best we can. We're going to uh, not rush it. I was hope we were hoping to have it out in June. We were hoping to have it out since like last November, I think is when we first said, it, you know, it'll be out soon. Um, but then cool things keep getting added to it. So at some point we're going to have to, you know, draw a line and be like, we've we got to stop adding yeah. things. We've got enough. And we definitely already have enough, but there's like two more long shots that were reinvigorated to shoot for again because yeah. we got these two. And every time we add someone on of this caliber, I feel like we have a better shot at the other ones we want to make because it's like, hey, look who's involved. Like, this is a serious thing. And they're, they're more That's likely awesome. to talk to us. Well, at least you guys have not taken a bunch of Kickstarter money and are sitting on it and sending no. delayed emails we, every day. We have self-funded this thing completely so if it flops you know i'm out a little bit of, of my own money but uh, i think we'll be we'll be okay um but yeah we'd rather have it like printed and ready to go so that when people are ready to to buy it they don't have to wait six months to a year for printing and shipping and all that yeah. Yeah. that's awesome. that's that's awesome yeah because it when you were talking about that it reminded me of when i uh backed broken age on kickstarter all oh, those years ago and uh, at, at first, I think the original goal was like a few hundred thousand dollars. And when they made like, you know, like I forget what the total number is, but like, you know, surpassed that number many times over into the millions, I think maybe three or four million or something like that. Yeah, yeah. They kind of came back and they were like, um, this is like way bigger than like we ever expected. And they said, instead of making something the scope we were thinking of. Like kind of what you just said, like we feel like it. We let's make it as good as we can with the resources we have now. So the project expanded. They got you know more talent. They the 
game got bigger and yeah it took like a lot longer to come out than they thought but like they made the best thing they could with the resources so and i love how you guys uh want to have it ready when people are ready to order um as a purchaser of uh, vinyl records many times that is not the case it is like hey we like pay us for this record it's going to go in the queue at the vinyl pressing factory and you'll have it in two years right and there's one company i've dealt with that doesn't do things this way and that's enjoy the ride records which i've mentioned before they're a little uh they're all little but they're a little company in uh i think they're in halpog new york which is on long island every time they have a release they tweet it out they're like yo here's the release it's going to be on friday like they'll ship on saturday it's amazing because it's you know relatively small batches, but they have them in their hands when they take the orders, which is amazing. So it's really cool that uh, people aren't going to have to wait you know two three years once they are ready to order. Yeah, thankfully, um, printing a book like it gets cheaper the the more you can print, obviously, because you get that like bulk discount. But at least for a first run, um, it's a, it's manageable for two people to split the cost between us. Um, if it was, uh, if we'd been taking money from people, I would feel much more obligated to get this out quicker. And I feel like we yeah. rush it and probably do something stupid because we were rushing. So this is nice yeah. that we can, yeah. we can go at the pace and, we want to go. You, and you would just, and you would just feel stress. Uh, like yeah. you'd feel the pressure of that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, totally. The nice thing is I got pretty much everything I need to get done on my end done before this trip too. And a lot of it's just like editing and layouts and like uh stuff that i'm not involved in i just get to like give feedback after so when i get back from my trip there's like three four weeks that uh, a few people are gonna be working on that stuff so i can kind of come back to it and, and see what shape we're in and it should be pretty pretty far along awesome yeah yeah i'm excited that's about it for me though uh it was an exciting week finished two big games talked to two cool dudes and uh that's about it and just lots of work and i'm trying to think time wise will we get another show before you leave we will not so yeah there'll be okay. a little delay until probably mid to late july before the next show after this one yeah, our bill yeah if you guys we'll, we'll are up to do some editing while i'm gone go for it do a show without me yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, no, the connection is breaking up. I couldn't hear you there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to mention, um, you know, my buddy there that they just went uh, over there a while back. He was telling me about his visit out to the N- Nintendo headquarters. And I don't know. I'm going to guess you're probably going to make that trek. <laughs> uh, but he says, you know, it's like in a little office park in the middle of nowhere that looks like nothing in kind of a rundown part of town. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's not really very exciting, but uh, yeah. I guess he did say that if you go up to like the little guard booth, that's about as close as you can get. They will take out a little catalog and let you see some of the upcoming things, but that's about <laughs> it. There's not really much else going on there. So yeah. there's a few places when I visited, like not you know like Nintendo caliber, but like we're in LA and you kind of look up and you're like, oh man, it's the Nakatomi Tower with Fox Plaza. And I'm like, oh, can we go there? And she's like, no, you cannot go there. <laughs> Let people just drive into Fox. <laughs> and then I think she even said in some of the surrounding complexes, they have problems with people just driving in and taking pictures. So, like, yeah, it's like a big no no. So, yeah, I was always curious about that. Like, when game studios have like, 
big inviting lobbies and stuff like what do they have do they have like just like a little gift shop there you know it's it's what's it like so i'm curious if uh if you end up going what the experience is like well talking talking it's um there's a there's a guard booth and that's about as close as you get (laughs) and uh, they will acknowledge your presence and let you look at a little catalog and that's about it get a part very close get a part-time job while you're there Do you know who I am? Mm. I interviewed Ken Law. I just talked to Ken Law the other day. <laughs> he said I could come in here and talk to Mr. Miyamoto. Get Micah on the phone. <laughs> well, good. Um, I'm excited for you. I'll be glad to hear about the trip when you get back. Um, Bill, how many Megami Tenseis have you Megami Tenseid? I have Shin Megamied not only Tenseis, but eleven Seis. Uh, which is just an awful joke, but I can't help myself. Um, I've only ever, sh- so to answer that honestly, I've only ever Shin Megami'd uh, Persona 3 Golden. And, uh, uh, or sorry, gold. sorry, sorry, 4 is Golden. Persona 3 Mobile, like P3 Mobile. P3P. Um, 3P, PSP? yep. PSP version, that was it, yep. And then 4 Golden and 5 uh before pre-royale with cheese yeah um so um but yeah since my oldest is really getting into anime i'm i'm holding out like i've kind of shown him some trailers for persona because they're available on game pass now and he saw a few music oh that looks kind of cool and like so he'll look at game pass trailers download games and not play them right away like and then like if he gets bored he'll just kind of look through like what he has so um that's coming up in what uh, I've been watching, so I'll, I'll save that for a minute. So we'll start with what I've been playing. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom, uh, like a lot of people. Um, I, I have this really, really weird relationship with Tears of the Kingdom where it's like the only thing I'm playing right now. I I have a good time while I'm playing it. Like I'm enjoying it. I'm engaged. I, I give myself a task because if I don't, I just end up with 9,000, you know, side. There's, there's a difference between like, you know, a lot of games, it's like, you know, main story and then side quests. So this, like, distinguishes between, like, side adventures and side quests and side story. Like, there's, like, different, like, variations of side. I don't know if they're di- if they're different lengths or whatever. Fries, but, fries um, gravy, salad, uh, all the Exactly. Poo, poutine. <laughs> That's a meal. That's not a side. I, yeah, depending on the portion. Yeah, it definitely could be. So, um, but yeah, so, like... But it's weird, like, I'll I'll sit down and I'll play a session, and I really do try to let the game guide me. So, like, sometimes I'll sit down and say, okay, I'll, like, I'm just going to do some shrines, and, like, that's what I'm going to do for this hour. But some of my favorite moments in games that have big open worlds, like a, like a, uh, you know, a Fallout or a Far Cry or a Skyrim, you kind of let the game lead you in some weird direction where you're like, oh, this looks interesting. What's happening over here? And then you go there and then you go down a rabbit hole and it's like, oh, something was going on here. And then, you know, so I, I, I have a goal in mind, but like I try to let the game, you know, bring me interesting places like that. Um, so, but there'll be times where I'm playing it and I'm like, yeah, like that was really cool. That was really fun. But like, there's still this like nagging thing in the back of my head that's like, you know, the pieces of the Zelda games that I love are not in here. It's like, I like this thing. It's it's cool. And it, it it's not that it bothers me that it doesn't have those pieces, but like, it's just something that I think about fairly often while playing them enough so 
that I have been like motivated to like put Wind Waker on my Steam Deck recently, be- just to, like scratch that itch. Um, but yeah, overall, really enjoying it. I've beaten uh, three temples now. I think I'd beaten two last time we spoke. So I, I finished the Water Temple, and I decided because I was getting uh, killed in battle, like. Because there are enemies who can, you know, like take like five, six hearts away, like in one shot, like especially like some of the bigger enemies. So I would kind of go into battle. Okay, like I'm, I'm careful and prepared. It's gonna be good. And then, whoop, and then game over. So I decided I was gonna do some great fairy hunting because they can upgrade your armor sets as well as you know just I should get better at combat. So. I, for, for a little while, I unlocked the first Great Fairy, I unlocked the second Great Fairy, upgraded some armor, and then I went back to a place that I had died before. I killed the thing that had killed me, so I was like, okay, success. And yeah, so I'm I'm still having a good time with it. It's just, you know, like that, that not nagging, but like that just kind of feeling of like, you know, I'll do shrines and like some of the, sh- there's a lot of shrines. So some of the shrines are like, oh, that was really cool. Some of them are like, I cannot wait to be out of this. I don't care what the solution is. It's just not fun. Like, and then like, I'll finally look it up and I'm like, oh, that's dumb. Or that's, you know, that's not clever. But then some of them are really like, ooh, like I really like that one. But then I got me thinking every single puzzle in Portal 2 gives me that like, aha moment sensation where i'm like oh that was so clever and i rarely get that in a shrine um in either breath or tears and same thing like a game forgetting like a 3d game like a game like limbo or inside by play dead where same thing you kind of have those aha moments where it's like oh that's so great and i part of it is because all of the shrines are kind of designed with like the same solving mechanics in mind like you can kind of tweak them around a little bit but it's like you know you got ultra hand which is used for almost everything you've got ascend which is used occasionally you got recall which is used not as much as ultra hand but quite a bit and you know is recall some the utility. one that like rewinds uh, yep. the motion of yep. thing? So yep. my son figured out how to abuse that on like the first day, and he just used sure. it to solve every shrine. He'd just like throw a platform, rewind it, step on the platform, and it would yep. take him exactly where he needed to go. So you can do that for a lot of things. There's a whole there's a bunch of shrines where you can't like put the platform far enough away to like get yourself that far, but like oh, there's he, certainly he figured out how to move it far with his weird ultra hand tricks and stuff. <laughs> So, so yeah, again, like I'm enjoying it. Um, it's just, I still do kind of get that, that itched for, for something else. So, um, uh, I, I listed on here that I, uh, vampire survivors, but we can go over that very quickly. Cause I just did a couple runs cause the boys, um, just kind of happened upon it on, we, it's on game pass. So they like started their own. And then once they kind of realized like, uh, oh, you can like unlock things like every Every achievement in the game is an unlock. And so you get new abilities and new characters and stuff. So they really got into that game for like three or four days, like took a Zelda break. And every other minute was like, oh, how do you unlock that? Like, where do you get this? Where do you get the map? How do you get this? And I'm like, guys, like they tend to, it's like they're at point A and they're asking about point E, F, G, H. And I'm like, guys, like just get to B, right? And C and D, I said, Look at your list. It tells you what all the unlocks are and what you have to do. I said every run you have, which is going to be probably like five to fifteen minutes, because you're you're fairly weak when you start off. Just get one unlock every run you do. Doesn't matter what it is. 
and have fun and play that way. And before you know it, you're just going to have the extra weapons, the extra characters, the extra things. And so they do that, but it still doesn't stop them from being like, oh, I found this. Where do I find this? So Vampire Survivors, uh, I it's kind of fallen off a bit for me because it's it's like that that chart where like your progress just goes like up and up and up and up and up very quickly and then you kind of reach a point in the game where it takes a lot more effort to do like the next thing so it's like you can still do it but like it might take me two or three runs or like I gotta stop and figure out okay that build didn't work so what about this build and then there's also some random elements in the game so you're like oh I hope I get this or this and you can uh uh, kind of help along those random elements because there's abilities you get that can like banish weapons so it's like if you're trying to get certain weapons on a run you can increase your chances by like blocking out ones you don't want to get and stuff like that but it's to the point where I now have to put in more effort to get you know one unlock or something so it's just kind of become it's just the game has become where I think it's going to live for me I will play it once twice you know a week if i kind of find time for it as opposed to like every minute that i can get my hands on my steam deck and i'm, I'm in the honeymoon period still right so um but yeah it's 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 still cool and the boys are into it which is great um so the next thing i played i just kind of had an itch to play something on the steam deck i hadn't really played anything in a while and i really wanted it to be like a tool for emulation so a few times on the discord I pinged uh, uh, all of our cool friends, including the two guys on this call, and I said, like, hey, like, name a game. I think I might have specified Super Nintendo. I was like, name a game. I will play it. And uh, uh, Kelsey was the first one to respond, and he said a game that I can't remember ever hearing the name of before, uh, not being a Super Nintendo guy. Um, and it was Brain Lord. So at first I thought he was joking, and then I looked up and found <laughs> out that there is indeed a game called Brain Lord. <laughs> so I fired name. it up. Once you know fired it, you can't it, forget it. Fired it up, did not know anything about it, and you know, figured, okay, let's let's figure this out. So then when it asked for my name, or no, when I saw the name Enix, I was like, Oh, I'm in for I'm in for a ride. And then it asked for my name and I was like, Oh, we're role playing, aren't we? And then once I kind of got control of the character and I realized that I could swing my sword and jump, it's like, okay, like, what would you call that action RPG? Um, sure. It kind of, it reminded me of a few, you know, like Alundra and Willow and kind of like those type uh, games. And yeah, so I, I played it for, you know, not too super long, but like what I played of it, I was like, yeah, like it's, I think this is something that is, you know, at least worth your time to try. Um, so, uh, that was a fun little experiment and, uh, I'd actually, I'd be interested in doing that again. Cause so much of the time it's like, you know, what do I watch? I have 9,000 movie services, you know, like, what do I play? I have so many games. So it's, it's cool to have. And I did the same thing uh, just a few days ago. So on my tears, you know, rant that I went on earlier with like, Oh, like I'm, I, my, my goal was to put wind waker on my steam deck so I could play it. And I figured while I'm in there doing that. I asked the guys in the Discord, what are the best GameCube games? And I know I could go to a site and search what are the best GameCube games, but I didn't want the... You, you wouldn't get a finely curated list like you got. Exactly. I, like, the internet thinks Silver Surfer's hard. You think I'm going to ask the internet <laughs> like what GameCube games are good? So I, and I Ken like Log, also... Mike, Micah? 
didn't even mention Silver Surfer. <laughs> Not even <Nope>. once. <laughs> so, and, and honestly, like, I feel like without even asking for hidden gems, when you ask people what the best games are, you tend to find hidden gems organically when you ask them that way. So I actually was not expecting the response that I got to this. A lot of our friends uh, responded, which was great. Metal Fro responded. Uh, Shaggy was in there with some recommendations. Uh, Travis Zofar was in there. Um, uh, Engineer Mike might have even popped out a few. So I ended up putting really like I think almost every single game that people recommended, except for a few that I knew like weren't for me, uh, like Ikaruga. Like I know it's great, but like it's not for me. Um, I put uh man what was it it was a piano three. Oh yeah did you I, try that one yet i have not fired it up i fired up uh f-zero gx which i had never played more than a few minutes of before it's pretty gorgeous hey very and um i uh uh, uh obviously emulation can do things with newer hardware that the og hardware couldn't I don't know if you necessarily need 60 frames it's already a very fast very pretty game oh, but like yeah. i'll i'll take it um you so play the piano three uh, do you play with headphones normally? I play typically with um, uh, AirPods. So yeah, like wireless. Okay. Um, it's yep. it's a very, music's a huge part of that game. So yeah, if you can okay. play with headphones, I think it's the best way to play that game. Awesome. Yeah, so the, the two ways I typically play it are either with the AirPods or this is very rare that this happens, but sometimes we'll be um, watching TV and it's something that I don't need to look at, like maybe like a comedy special or something like that. So I will have the sound off on the Steam Deck because don't I can play it and listen. Three. Make sure you're right. listening because it's like it's integral. Awesome. Yep, yeah. will do. So yeah, Piano 3 was on there. Eternal Sunshine, which I've heard of before. I've never played. Eternal um, Darkness? Eternal Darkness. That's what I meant. <laughs> Sorry. The complete opposite of uh, yeah. Eternal Darkness. Eternal Sunshine. That Mario cool. Sunshine. Do you know anything nope. about it? No, I just know that okay, it's something good. about a requiem with sanity and something like that. Good. The less you know about that one, I think the the more fun you'll have with it. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know because yeah, I I really I've seen the box art. That is the extent cool. of what you I know be blind about it. On that one. Yeah. Don't, okay. Don't don't, don't look blind. things up. Uh, just just do what you can. Cool. No, that that's that's the most that's now shot to the top of the list because <laughs> as I've said before. Some of my favorite movie experiences in my life are going in blind, no trailer, no, don't even know the cast, don't know the plot, don't know the genre. And I've had like two or three of my like best movie experiences in my life doing it that way. So I love when people are like, ooh, ooh, don't know anything. Just go play it. Like that's, that's exciting to me. Um, so there was that. There was, I mean, obviously, uh, uh, Wind Waker, which is the reason I was doing this experiment. Uh, Metal Fro mentioned Rogue, the two Rogue uh, Squadron games. Um, and I actually got super excited for a minute because I had played Rogue Leader, which is Squadron 2, um, which is relatively short. I think it's only like 10-ish levels compared to like the much longer uh, Rogue Squadron. So he mentioned that. And then Rebel, uh, the, the third one, was Rebel it Strike. Rebel Strike? Yeah. Rebel Strike? And, um, and I had kind of forgotten about that one. So I was like, Oh, cool. And then the next thing that, Sh that Shaggy had said was like, Oh, also like the remake of the first one. And in my brain, I was like, oh, they remade rogue squadron on the GameCube, And I don't know about it. And then I looked like a few messages above and he had mentioned resident evil zero. So he was talking about <laughs> the remake of resident evil one. It was like, Oh, which is really good. Is yeah, it? It's not yeah. rogue squadron. 
Okay, not Rogue Squadron, but it's it's good. So so yeah, um, I was happy to get a bunch of games on there. And then Kelsey, I really liked your recommendation because I I never would have thought of the GameCube as the platform to play this on. But when you said like all of the good Tony Hawk games are available on that platform, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, they are. All yeah. all of the good ones are, the, are available the, there. The best is, stretch of them, like three yeah. to Underground Two, is all there in a row. They're wonderful. Yep. Yep. So yeah, it was it was really cool to to put that out there. So the only ones that I fired up are F Zero, Wind Waker, which I got like PTSD when I remembered that the look um, stick is inverted and not changeable. And I was can't like, you, oh, ha- can't you hack that though? Now that you're I, on Steam Deck, I could. And I started thinking about that. Like I could go in and make a custom template or something. And then I thought, you know what? Instead of going through all that bother. Didn't they do an HD remake of this game? So then I went back and I downloaded the Wii U version, and now it's not four by three or weirdly stretched. It's like you know, like the fuller. And then what was interesting is once I fired the game up, I was like, all right, let's see if they fixed it. Not only did they fix it, it's the default like look <laughs> view. Is they they like went back to like uh, uh, to reality. So um, the one quirk that I do have to deal with, which I don't think is a huge one is whenever you pause the game or like go to the menu screen, the Steam Deck screen like just says, look at the TV screen or like something like that because it's like showing me the handheld one or, or vice versa. So there is, um, there's a template where you got to hold like the Steam button and then hit one of the triggers and it swaps the screens. And then I'm in the menu. So I got to swap the screen every time I do that. So it's like a tiny little thing, little workaround, but like doesn't bother me. You could get like two Steam Decks and glue them together. You know what? I've, I've, <laughs> I've wondered, I haven't tried it yet, but I've wondered if, um, because when you dock it with a USB-C dock, the screen on the Steam Deck is live as well as your, you know, screen you're docking to, whether it's a TV, PC, whatever. I was like, dude, could we like legit Wii U a Steam Deck <laughs> setup with a television? We might be able to. So uh, stay tuned. We'll see if that's possible. Nintendo had it right all along. Exactly. <laughs> like, with, like Keanu Reeves meme. <laughs> so, yeah, that's mostly what's been going on in the playing world. I can probably, uh, you know, there's probably a couple other like rando things, but uh, that that's for the most part what we've been working on. So be happy to give some updates once we uh, kind of you know play some more stuff there. I didn't write it down because I haven't played it yet, but on my to playlist is the Final Fantasy 16 demo, which I keep forgetting about because my PlayStation 5 is in the basement and I just have not been down here really at all for weeks. So I'll do my best to get some time into that. And then just real quick uh, for the watching. Um, uh, Barry season four, which, uh, uh, we tend to wait until the season's over so we can get through them quick and it's awesome. Um, this is the, the series finale. Um, so it was like even more exciting to kind of get through it. I think I've mentioned the show before. It's about a hitman who, uh, decides he wants to also become an actor and it's a, it's a dark comedy. Um, it's not played for laughs at all, but it's very, very funny. Um, if, if this subject, you know, matter material can be funny. Um, and it's uh, Bill Hader and, uh, uh, Henry Winkler. Fantastic. Uh, really can't recommend it enough. Really good. Um, I've never heard of smartless, but some of the clips have shown up on some of this, my social media feeds. Smartless is a very successful podcast. And I think possibly even podcast network owned by, um, Jason Bateman, Will Arnett and Sean Hayes. 
These are three. So Will Arnett and Jason Bateman, I could see knowing each other, being friends because they were on Arrested Development together. Sean Hayes, I don't know how these guys know each other besides just being, you know, like friends behind the scenes. But I started seeing these clips in black and white of them just kind of like bantering and like, you know, having jokes together and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, these guys are funny. And they're they're kind of like brothers where they're just like busting each other's chops like 100 percent of the time and just making fun of each other. And it's really, really, really funny. And that's not even the show. Like, so the, the, they have a podcast called Smartless and it's the three of them with a mystery guest. And one of them knows who the guest is going to be. The other two do not. So they the show starts, they kind of start chatting up. And then when they go to introduce the guest, the other two are kind of trying to guess based on the intro, like, Oh, who could it be? And then they announce him. It's like, Oh my God, David Letterman. It's, it's a, it's usually like a pretty big guest. So, um, but the show is mostly just like them on tour and like the lead up like to this eventual show that they're doing live in front of people instead of like a, you know, like a regular podcast. And I'm telling you, like, I never would have thought Will Arnett, Jason Bateman and Sean Hayes would be three people that I'd want to just like watch like them hang out and what they're doing. It's so funny, like so incredibly funny. It's on, uh, Max. Um, and, uh, Max, Max. (laughs) so, uh, so yeah. Um, uh, and you know, it's, it was, and a lot of times I'll ask my wife like, Hey, do you want to watch this? And she's like, I don't know, or she'll give it a try or whatever. She is laughing until she cries multiple times every time we watch this like i hear her over there i hear her slapping the couch like next to where she's sitting it is 100 like her her jam so i'm very very glad we found something that she enjoys this much um and yeah so uh, uh that's really been a really fun surprise so far um i think you should leave which is um i really like okay, the first see you later very off yeah it's very offbeat <laughs> I can't remember if I've talked about this before because uh, my memory is getting really bad, which really, really depresses me. I think me. you might have mentioned it like months ago. Okay, yeah, because it was a while ago. That the first, So the second season is out on Netflix. It's very, very offbeat, like kind of irreverent. Um, and I think I'm, if, if I mentioned it on the show, I might have mentioned if you look up like the very first sketch or it's on Netflix, which I think everybody has. So if you just like look up the first show of the first season, we don't anymore now that they've just oh. stopped the sharing because we were leeching uh, off my parents. My 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 wife was actually like she's because we're leeching off my sister in law and she's like you know if we just add an extra user it's only eight bucks as opposed to like getting our own account it will be twenty so she's like you know so if we really wanted to we get the extra account and I'm like you know I just how like what what are we even doing like how often are we doing it so. I, I think we're I think we're going to be losing it. We we haven't yet, and I thought we would by now because when I like turned it on, and it would pop up, and it was like, oh hey, like like on one platform, whether it was the TV or the Xbox or whatever, it was like, uh, oh you're like this this location is not like mm-hmm. in, like the home location. Like it t- it told me like gotcha, like you can add that somewhere else. And then we like switched to the Xbox, and the Xbox was like, what do you want to watch? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we should try that we've only tried it on one thing and and uh yeah it didn't work yeah tr- try another thing but uh uh but yeah so uh if, if it goes away it goes away but yeah so i, I think you should, the the very first sketch of the very first season will give you a very clear indication like is this for me or is this too weird and stupid um 
one of the the sketch that's kind of making the runs on social media now like so tim uh he's like at a drive-through and he's about to pay for his order and he's got his credit card out and he kind of says you know what i'd like to pay for the person behind me as well and then the the cast the cashier's like that clip yeah (laughs) so that's actually another really good example so and then he tears tears it up around the like he pays and then he like burns out like goes around like cuts off another car he's like get out of my way i'm doing something and then he orders hundreds of dollars worth of food at the same drive-in <laughs> so i was like 55 burgers 55 fries 155 potatoes 150 pizzas and then so she's like that'll be 680 dollars drive around so then he drives around so he's right behind the guy that he just bought his food like hoping that that guy is gonna <laughs> like pay for his order but <laughs> Just watch it, Chris. Like you're make the face you're making that people can't see at home, but <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be based in reality when someone would just go, "Okay, well, the car behind you is like nine hundred dollars," and you'd be like, "No, right?" But that's what happens. <laughs> like the guy like gets out of his car and like comes. And he's like, "What are you trying to do, buddy?" <laughs> he's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> this guy's trying it's, to start a payback chain. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then like, and then the woman behind him, like, like. This guy's trying to start a payback chain, and then the woman behind him like reverses back to the uh, to the thing. <laughs> fifty five burgers, fifty five fries, fifty five. Like, oh! <laughs> it's just silly, you know. Like, of course, it's not based in reality. It's just silly, offbeat stuff. But like, if that sounds appealing at all, yeah, that's the new season of I, of I, I think you should leave. And if anyone's familiar with uh, Tim and Eric, uh, the comedy comedy duo, this is Tim Robinson from Tim and Eric. Um, doing his own thing here, which is great because he's been an I awesome. Want to see. Is he the this guy? No, no, that's the other. That's Tim Heidecker. Yeah, um, the the yeah that guy. I know exactly. <laughs> yep. For our listeners, I'm I'm doing the brain explosion. Yep. Thingy, <laughs> yep. And then there there is some Tim and Tim content out there. There's a deep uh, comedy uh, 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 vein that runs with uh, the Tims out there. But yeah, so I think you should leave is is solid. And even though the the skits and the episodes are very, very short, I try not to binge them. Um, I try to only watch one every few days. And, you know, so you don't kind of like because you could be done with the season in like a couple, you know, an hour and a half or something. They're like 12 minute episodes or something. Um, I wanted to mention the kids. I've mentioned before the kids are getting into anime. Um, I would mentioned that they were kind of watching. My oldest is watching Naruto and Dragon Ball. But the. All he is watching these days, like wakes up in the morning, goes to the TV. First thing he wants to put on, wants to watch as much as he can, is My Hero Academia. Oh, that's fun. And and I don't know where this came from. If like a friend suggested it, if he saw it, because it's on Hulu, I think, is what, what he watches it on. But, you know, he's watching it one day and I'm like, oh, what is this? And he says the name and I'm like, oh, I've heard of this. I know nothing about it. So he's kind of explaining it to me and how like it's mainly like, you know, like an arena, like a kind of fighter and like every episode's like at least one fight and how like everyone's got a superpower, but they call it a quirk. And I, I watched a few episodes with him and I'm like, it, it's it's cool. It's fun. It's, uh, you know, there's usually like, uh, you know, not a trick, but like 
It's like, oh, this happened in the fight. Oh, there's a counter and this happens, you know, and my wife does not like it at all. She's like the internal monologues really bother me. And I'm like, yeah, but like you read a lot of books, right? Like that's what you're reading. Like you're reading what people are thinking. Like how else can they express this in an anime if you're not like hearing what their thoughts are, right? She's like, I don't know. It's just like I, I, the internal monologue. I can't get over it. It bugs me. Um, but it's it's been really cool so far. And I mentioned to my oldest, I was like, you know, buddy, my friend, like, you know where they make this, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, Japan. And I said, or where it's from. It's oh, Japan. And I said, um, you know, my buddy, my buddy Kelsey's going to Japan this year. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And he's he like, is he going to meet all for one? Yeah, <laughs> all mates gonna be there. He 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 said he he was something like he was like he was like oh man like that's so cool and I was like yeah like maybe if he's over there if he sees some cool stuff I'll have him send us some pictures. And he's like, yeah, it sounds great. He said I want to go to Japan someday. I'm like yeah, dude. So he was uh he was pretty uh, secondhand uh, happy uh, for you uh, oh, that uh, that you get that's to a go. Fun show. So. I watched the first think four and a half seasons with my son and we like caught up to where the show was actually airing and then we mm. haven't watched it since then so i think there's a whole another season since uh, we watched it but I, awesome. I really enjoyed it it was a fun fun show and then same like when we like so we get in the car it was my niece's birthday today like 40 minutes away at my sister's house and um we get in the car and they're like dad can we put music on and it's like yeah we want to hear and then my hero i could like play um uh I can't remember. I can't remember the song name, but like oh, this from my hero or this from my hero, and it's all just like really like upbeat, catchy pop, and like a lot of it's got like some guitar in it, and like I wouldn't call it emo, but I remember listening to it and thinking like, dude, if you like this, there's probably like some some pop punk or some emo stuff that like you might be into, and we showed him a few things, and he's like, yeah, that's cool, but like I want to listen to My Hero Academia again. So, uh, but yeah, he's he's into the music, he's into uh, into the the show a lot, so. Yeah, we're we'll, we'll see where it goes, but uh, it's just cool to to have something like that. There, there's a and, few episodes where the characters even make a band later, and they have to like play a song like uh, at the school. So that'll be fun for them. I'm always trying to kind of poke that in there, where like I'll hear like you know obvious like power chords, electric guitar, and something, and I'm like, oh guys, guitar. Anybody want to learn? Because <laughs> my wife's like, dude, like we should definitely do music lessons, but like you know, let's let's make sure they're interested, or you can kind of you know show them a few things before we you know kind of commit or you know buy little instruments. But uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm just glad he's into it so far. Um, so movie wise, just a couple to mention here. Um, this one's kind of embarrassing. Um, I was, it was the day after a tattoo. I had not really planned on doing anything. I was like, Oh, like maybe like, we'll see depending on how I feel. But the day after a big tattoo, like you're just kind of beat your body's healing. Like it's, you just want to kind of be relaxed and not doing too much. So I'm sitting on the recliner enjoying my Sunday. And my wife says like, like, are you going to take the boys anywhere today? Or are you just going to sit in the chair all day? And I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to take the boys somewhere. So I was like, guys, what do you want to do? And we remembered, oh, Spider-Man's out. So I took the boys to <laughs> so see. I can sit in a chair somewhere else for the day. I, yeah. And the chairs recline at the movie theater near us. So I took the boys to see Across the Spider-Verse. And I am embarrassed to tell you that I remember almost nothing about it. And it is not because the movie was bad or boring. In fact, quite the opposite. It's just my brain in recovery mode, like day after tattoo. Like I remember a bit of the beginning and some of the setup and some of the characters. And I remember some of the jokes because some of them are really, really funny. And probably about halfway through 
is where like it kind of fell apart for me. I do not know if I fell asleep or not. Like that's how <laughs> my head was at the time. And I remember kind of like coming to and seeing something and I'm like, oh, like that was probably a big reveal that I should have been paying attention for like the build up to it. And then it, I don't, I don't, th- I don't think this is a spoiler, but like you, th- you're like, okay, oh, here careful. we go. I haven't seen this yet. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, so I'm like ready. I'm like, okay, here we go. Like I'm awake. Like, like, let's do this. And then the movie was over and I was like, oh, that was the end of the movie. <laughs> so I, I, I'm going to need to see it again. I can't bring myself to spend another, you know, $30 to, to take the kids. Like maybe I'll catch a matinee if I, if I feel it, but, uh, my kids yeah. are both super excited about it. I am too. We love mm. the first one. Our theater is awful where I live mm. and we're going to Edmonton for a few days before we fly out to Japan. Mm. So I kind of want to see it in a better theater. So I've been kind of making yeah. them wait. I'm like, just two more weeks. Like, and then we can go see yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, and our theater is awesome. I love it. No complaints there. So it was nothing to do with the comfort of the theater. Like it was, it was a good theater, and I absolutely adore the first film. Like absolutely adore it. And my kids have always kind of been like, they'll watch it, and they're like, yeah, like it's cool, but like they're not like Gaga over it, kind of like I am. Oh, so it was a little bit more disappointing just knowing that like I was the driving force behind, and we would have gone and seen Guardians three. But my wife was like, no, I want to see Guardians 3. And she was staying home with my youngest. Um, So, yeah, again, what I saw was great. I'm embarrassed to say that my brain was it was not the right time for me to go see uh, uh, a movie in the theater, unfortunately. Uh, Speaking of movies that I don't remember anything about, uh, we started Avatar Way of Water just because my kids are into the first one. And, you know, it was movie night the other night. I made the mistakes. I didn't know we were doing movie night. I gave them their nighttime vitamins, which is just like a little melatonin, like one milligram thing that they get in the <laughs> evening. And, and then, then my wife to a three hour avatar movie. My, my wife gets it's out of the, uh, gets out of the room, like putting my youngest down and she's like, all right, like what movie are we watching? And I was like, Oh yeah, it's Friday. Cause like school was last day of school was Wednesday. So like my internal clocks all messed up. Like it just kind of escaped me that like it was movie night. And I turned on Disney Plus and they were like, oh, Avatar is available. And I was like, guys, it's three and a half hours. And they were like, oh, like, we'll just watch until, you know, like we start to get tired. And then we'll, we've done that before. We made it 26 minutes into this movie. <laughs> and I was still I was still into it. It was still kind of getting the exposition. And my middle guy was like, Dad. I'm getting tired. I'm like, all right, if you want to, you know, put it on hold. So we're probably going to put that back on. Uh, we've tried to do move, like to start a movie again the next morning, but like the energy is just too high. The kids want to run around too much. My youngest, who's not a movie watcher is just, you know, the dynamic isn't right. And then, uh, so we, we nighttime is really the best occasionally if my youngest naps we can get away with an afternoon movie but that's very very rare so we'll get back to avatar um it's a weird setup so far it the way they talk to you like it almost sounds like you know like when you're going on like a ride at disney and the pre-show like the way they talk to you like like almost like sewer shark where it's like first person and they're talking to you like that that's what it feels like like you're about to go on an avatar like roller coaster or like 3d ride and uh yeah it's not the best um, so far, uh, but you know we'll see where it goes. And there's also 
zero exposition, they assume that you are an Avatar mega fan and you know the lore. Like it just starts and you're supposed to know that this blue person used to be a human <laughs> and that he's with these people now and has a family and yeah it's uh i yeah i'm 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 kind of uh always been surprised that it made the money it made i feel like it was one of the first big 3d movies and everyone just kind of had to go see it uh i don't know how they're making like five of these um but uh they th- they'll make some money um so uh so yeah, that's Avatar. And then I just wanted to make a quick mention of the only thing I'm listening to is Spotify favorites. Um, I got this idea from Sean, uh, our buddy Grey Ghost, who has this ear candy uh, playlist, which is just every song that he's like ever liked or like that he like, you know, really like loves and makes him happy. So I typically just like songs. I don't add them to playlists. Usually when I get in the car to listen to something, I just think okay like what do i want to listen to ozzy metallica tool alice in chains and i just kind of pick something myself but sometimes i don't know what i want to listen to so i've just been shuffling my like playlist of like thousands of any song i've ever liked and it's the best it's just like a radio station that never plays anything bad it shuffles stuff around for you 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 hear songs you're like oh i haven't thought about this song in such a long time so that's been a blast it's just listening to like a shuffle list of like songs and uh, the new queens of the stone age album came out on friday so i've started listening to that on my commute got tickets to see them in august first time i'm seeing them so that's very exciting and yeah that should just about wrap it up for me i think Awesome. Well, sounds like you've been a very busy man. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's all the tattoo pics and everything. Everything's coming along looking really good. Yeah, should, thanks. I mean, they're on our Discord, so, you know, people that are in the know can see. But Yep. Uh, did you put those out there anywhere else? Like No, because no, nor- normally, like, I mean, I could take pictures of them, but the, the, the tattoo artists, they normally, like, they adjust the lighting. They've got, like, that cool... Um, you know the the filter that like this like the nice filter they put on like their uh, their camera and everything and like they they really do a great job with the photos. So uh, Kevin took pictures of my arm like nice pictures. He said I'm probably gonna hold off posting until the whole thing is colored in, which I get. Um, he'll do like a reel that kind of shows like the progress of like you know step one, step two, step three type deal. Um, but uh, he did shoot me those pictures so that I can share them just kind of privately. And then same thing with Blade Runner leg. Um, the second session is done. There's still pro- some detail on the leg that he'll get to the next time we get together and and you know kind of move it up the leg. But I pinged him and I was like, hey, like I totally understand not posting the pics until it's like further along. But like, would you mind shooting me the cool ones you took so I could share them? So the ones that he uh, that I showed you guys are the ones that he sent me, which was nice of him. So, uh, so yeah, coming along very well. I went to a little flea, mar- not a flea market. It's a, it was, it's called a community yard sale, but it's done at a place that hosts a flea market a few times a year. <laughs> the only difference is at the community yard sale, they don't allow dealers or vendors. You have to be like the rules say you have to be an individual, uh, uh, selling household items. You can't be like a company or like a dealer or anything. Of course they sneak in because like, how are you going to, uh, um, regulate that but most of the tables you go to it's like a yard sale or a garage sale just like a whole bunch of them in one spot so went to one of those today so it was the first time they were kind of like shown in a public forum and i was with a buddy and uh 
wasn't stopped like you know too much that it was annoying but like a lot of like oh nice arm oh can i see your leg real quick so like that was kind of cool just to to see the appreciation for uh you know for the work there so cool well on uh on my end i don't a few things to talk about. I don't know if I have a ton, but um, speaking earlier, you had mentioned the Final Fantasy 16 demo. Um, I did download and mm. play that. I, I haven't gotten all the way through it. I don't know how long it is. Mm. I feel like I'm probably like an hour, hour and a half, somewhere around in there. I'm sure it probably tells me, but I didn't really look. Um, I was playing the night, and I was like, I'm tired. I can't keep you know, going too far. Um I think if you like previous Final Fantasy games recently, this is probably you know right up your alley. I, I don't think it's probably right up my alley, but it was interesting to kind of go through and check it out. Um, I they really are moving towards that action kind of game situation, um, but let's like they don't really want to fully commit to being an action game because there's like ways to basically make it like really easy if you don't want to um so yeah i don't know it was interesting uh, i don't so I it's, don't, ma- uh, like it's it. mainly the combat that is pulling you away no huh. it was like because like the demo i mean it's just okay so like out of that time the hour hour and a half or so i've i play played the game probably 10 minutes mm-hmm Maybe fifteen minutes. I mean, so is, so is Kojima uh, on the development team? Or? I mean, probably should be. It's it's a lot of story and do, setup. Do, and, and and do you think it could be just exposition at the very beginning, or is your fear that like the entire game is just going to be very cinema and story heavy? I mean, it's Square. It's Final mm-hmm. Fantasy. I think that's the that's why I kind of put in the Discord. I'm like they. It seemed like they want to be a movie company that also mm-hmm. makes games, and they really aren't delivering, in my opinion, the best of either. It's like this, really just do one the, or the other. The real spirits within, Chris. <laughs> so I mean, you know, I'm okay. I would just okay. Then I will go sit down in the theater. I mean, I went to the theater to see Spirits Within. Me too. But that's a different experience, yeah. right? I, when and, I want and, to play a game, I, I want to play a game. For I, get, me. I think I saw the Animatrix right before that as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think I said, you know, to me, I'm curious enough. I'll be curious to hear what you guys have to say about it. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like a $30 game fly mm-hmm. at some point in time. Because yeah. the combat that I played was interesting enough. It's, it's very mashy. You know, it's very hit these buttons a bunch of times and they do cool things mm-hmm. um not really strategic but i think if there's enough of that it might be fun yeah. uh, I, I just I was, need to know yeah. if there's enough of that yeah <laughs> I, I was telling my buddy today we we're talking about final fantasy and you know i said i just really 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 want like another like single player final fantasy that i really love um, and everybody, I think, who's ever loved a Final Fantasy game wants that. Like, you know, you love, like, I don't, I'm not saying everybody, but like, you love 10 and 11's not your thing. And then 12 comes out. It's like, oh, 12, so good. And then 13 comes out. Not for everyone. Some people like it. And then, you know, the trilogy happens. Like, we'll skip that. And then 14, it's like, oh, not my thing again. And then like 15, it was like, ooh, 15. It could, uh, not for everyone. Some people really like it. Not for everyone. So it's like, I really just want to have that. Cause I really, really, really miss that experience of just getting home, 
firing up a Final Fantasy game, you know, like 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 a, a like a current yeah. semi current one, right? Yeah. But uh, my my fear was that they were going with the action combat, not because I don't like it, but because I've never been really good at it. Um, I've never. It's, real. it's really easy, Bill. Like really easy. And, and I said to a buddy of mine, I was like, with the exception of like, and I wouldn't consider this like action combat, but I was like, you know, like a Kingdom Hearts game where it's real time, like not turn based combat, but it's not overly difficult, except for if you go after like some of like the highest, you know, bosses in the game type deal. So, but that's it's interesting to hear that uh, you're. This is not challenging uh, from what you've uh, started uh, so far. And again, it's the demo. It's the mm. beginning-ish, I'm guessing, of the game. They tell you, like, mm. you're going to play a couple chapters from somewhere in the beginning of the game, right? right. And, um, uh, yeah, again, I just, like, to me, it's just not hitting the spot. And, okay. again, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad game. It's a very beautiful game. Mm. And I think if you're probably into, like, that story and you want to... You'll probably enjoy it quite a bit. I mean, it's very beautiful. Like, the mm. graphics are amazing on the PlayStation 5, and uh, there's a lot of cinematic stuff going on. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, to me, mm-hmm. didn't hit, really, really hit the spot. But um, I think it's cool that they put the demo out, though. Like, let people try it out. For and, sure, yeah. And that know. that's that says something in itself. Like, like hey. I think they're banking on this being a big release. Yeah. Here, here's here's how we feel about it demo like before the game releases like as opposed to like companies that are like yeah the reviews are embargoed until five days after the game comes out like that <laughs> and, never sounds and it's got good. a lot of yeah it's got a lot of positive vibes i imagine it'll yeah. sell real well because yeah. like if you're into a like that casual kind of thing it's, it's probably you know gonna hit the spot yeah. and again i always recommend recognize I'm no longer in the target demographic. Sure. And that's okay. Right? Yeah. It's, um, you know, that's fine. Um, but anyway, yeah, I did play through it. And having been playing the Crystal Remasters, it, it makes oh, it right. really the, stark. Yeah, the Pixel like how, Remaster, that's right. How different the philosophy of the games are. Like, because mm. those were all game f- play and a little bit of exposition sprinkled in and this is all exposition with a tiny bit of gameplay did you see the list where like the three main people involved with 16 gave their three favorite final fantasy games in the series no i didn't see that no all three of them had five in their their top three and two of them it was like their favorite game it was like five ten and twelve were like the whole list for everybody basically (laughs) Okay. Well, maybe like later down the line, they incorporate jobs or something. I mean, obviously in the demo, it's really very basic. Um, you really don't have much choice because it's a very guided experience. And mm-hmm. why you're doing? I, I, you do start to get the end of the story. Of the marketing that they're heavy into the jobs. I kind of figured Probably each character not. kind of fit an archetype, and that was kind of where they belong. Which is weird. Then why would anybody people like five is the best? Five is well, five all is about their just favorite. jobs. That doesn't mean they took just tons of inspiration from it. It's just their favorite one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's okay. Uh, maybe they'll make a another tactics game or something at some point in time. I, mean, I saw like Persona's making a tactics game, it, and Persona's got a tactics coming out. So yeah, yeah, and like yeah, random thing, but like yeah, five, triangle strategy. Oh, by the way, we're gonna release some new content. The, the game's been out for a year, and mm. like, how wacky is that? I don't know if I'll fire it back up or not but um yeah i really haven't been playing much else. i keep like trying to pick little things up here and there because i recognize i've got a gap of time 
Um, Armored Core hits in August, like later August. So I've got a gap of time to play something. But I don't really want to do any more of the old Final Fantasy games right now. Like I did three in a row. I kind of want a breather. And so I don't know what else. I tried uh, Dragon's Dogma, Dark Arisen. Ooh, I think I posted that. First one of those. Um, man, it's an old game. It I, feels like an old like Xbox 360 game. When you fire it up, you're like, oh. I saw that game at the only E3 I've ever been to. Oh, yeah. And it was obviously at the Capcom booth over here. But you know what was like really like 30 steps away like to the left was dark souls which was still like kind of like people knew about it but it was still kind of like just the game that you just heard is really hard you don't really know a lot about it like and i sometimes forget that dragon's dogma came from that long ago yeah and dark arisen was like the um like updated version of that i don't know i picked it up like eons ago like real cheap like Mm. on xbox digital or whatever right but i think i spent like about an hour when and i would just noped out i'm like (laughs) i just i I can't man like the action is again very mashy and it's just not very good Mm. you know what i mean like it's old enough to where like a lot of the things that you like oh like locking on or some of these other things that they don't exist and you like these weird like knockdown animations for your character and you're just like oh this is kind of janky um and you're like oh go explore the village and oh, i don't want to i don't want to explore the village <laughs> so uh anyway i don't know maybe the next one will be good i haven't, I haven't watched the trailers from the new one um i i but. had for i'd forgotten there was a new one coming out and my buddy were at the flea market thing today and i'm like anything particular he's like anything particular you're looking for and i'm like ah, hockey games you know me just like always i was like what about you he's like yeah i'm getting back into armored core and i'm like oh that's random like why and he's like oh because there's a new one coming out I'm like oh i kind of forgot about that i i told him i was like i never got i played some mech warrior stuff on, I was big on PC years ago, but I don't think I ever played any Armored Core. I've never played any either, but I've watched enough of this, and From's been knocking it out of the park every time for me lately, so I'll sure. trust him. Yeah, cool. I'll give it a go. Um, moving out of games, um, I, I'll, I'll start. I just watched it today, but I went to this morning, and I went and watched The Flash. And... <laughs> um, I told my friend like way back. I'm like, look, I want to go see this in the theater. Are you interested? And he's like, yeah. So he got us some tickets for this morning, and like, like you're talking about, but like the reclining heated seats, <laughs> yep. and we're like right in the center and like the best mm-hmm. row where there's nobody in front of us, and it's this I don't, like really big rubbing it in. <laughs> oh, that's right. No good. Uh, no good theater no. up there. Pretend you're you're in the theater in 1990, and they haven't cleaned it since 1990. That, that's my theater. No maintenance, no improvements, no cleaning. Oh. But uh, yeah, so we went. So we went in, and I was sitting down, and um, I just. I, mean, I don't want to spoil anything because I know Kelsey will. I, I kind of hoping to catch it. this one in Edmonton before we go to. I don't think my family cares, so we'll probably all go to Spider Verse together, and then I'll see if I can sneak out on my own to go watch The Flash. I think. I I really really like this movie. 
Mm. I mean, I, I, man, I just had like a smile on my face. I think strapped there the whole time I'm watching the film. Mm. I, I mean, number one, like the comedy's pretty good, right? They they kind of hit all the notes. the The character interactions are set up pretty well. You know, Flash is kind of like that character anyway. You know, has been in the previous movies. He's that comedy relief kind of thing going on. And there's even more of that that happens. Again, I, I could talk, but I, once Kelsey, once you've seen it, we can maybe do a spoiler something on sure. this. I don't know if Billy you want to watch it, but um, I'd love to talk more about them. But there's no way because there's just it would mess up a lot of stuff. It was but, it was it was not really on my radar, and I knew some things about it. No spoilers. I knew some people that were in it, and they show this in the trailer, so it's not super spoilery. But I, I'm not into the property. And then we saw the trailer in front of Spider-Verse. And I hadn't seen the trailer yet. And it was, it feels way bigger and just happier and funnier than like anything I've seen from DC and like literally ever. Um, so uh, yeah, like it kind of went from like no interest to like, oh man, like this looks like it could be pretty good. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, because it's obviously it's that um, it's that way of moving away from the Snyder verse mm. and into the James Gunn stuff, right? That's how mm. they've obviously built. I mean, I don't think it was built that way in the beginning, but that's why it's taken them so long to get it that way now, so they can relaunch and do some different things. But knowing that multiverse stuff, number one, um, lets them do a lot of really cool things, and there's a lot of there's just a lot of nods in there. You're like, oh, you know, those <laughs> things where you're just like, oh, hey, uh, I know that thing. And the story is, I mean, I think it's really well written. Um, there's maybe a bit too much CG in places, which is just, that's <laughs> modern movies. That's yeah. okay, though. But you know that going in. But yeah, I'd really love to be able to talk more about this movie when you guys have had a chance to check it out because, um, man, I don't know. I just really enjoyed every bit of it all the way through, even like to the very end. There's little bits like right at the end where you're like, oh, so uh, Kelsey being a Batman fan. Yeah, you're really going to like this. one. I love Flashpoint story to like the book. Uh, I know this one's way, way different, but I... I think it'll be just, it's fun to see them mess with timelines and and things getting all messy and weird alternate versions of all these characters that are really interesting. Like I said, you're really, I think you're really going to enjoy it quite a bit. So, um, yeah. So anyway, we'll, well, at some point in the future, we'll revisit the flash and talk more about it. But, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I don't know. Just I know not everybody's into what DC is doing right now, but to me, they've been knocking out of the park. I've been enjoying everything I've been watching, so uh, excited mm-hmm. to see more. Yeah. And uh, speaking of new things, there was uh, the new season of Star Trek: Strange New Worlds started on Thursday, and uh, this is season two of that show, and. I think the critics have been saying the same thing. Like this is like the best Trek in a long time. I mean, the other shows I've enjoyed like discovery and stuff have been pretty good shows, but, and Picard had some, this show is just fantastic though. I mean, it really takes you back to a lot Mm -hmm. of that stuff that you love about Star Trek and really just kind of nails the characters. And 
takes its liberties where it needs to, but nothing where you're like, oh, come on now. Because um, Discovery pushes some things, but this it just gives you what you want from a Star Trek show. And the characters, being that it's that time period before, you know, Kirk, <laughs> uh, they get to give you some characters you know in different scenarios to get to know them when they were in like, younger versions. And then obviously there's some different characters they put in. And uh, that one they debuted this, this season, I was like, never would have guessed that this actress would have been in a Star Trek ever. But like when I saw that she was on the show, I'm like, Oh goody. <laughs> you know, you have like those, <laughs> like, like I, this person, I hadn't seen this person in anything in a long time. But yeah, Gina anyway. Davis, not Gina Davis. No, <laughs> but um, again, if you saw it, you'd be like, oh, my God, yeah. you know, this is his character. And so they're going to be here for this season. Uh, so it was a great first episode. I think it's a little bit of a cheat um, because like they leave like the first season at the end on a cliffhanger, which they always have to do. And it seems like they really wrapped up. Not all, but like some of that story arc really fast in the first episode. Mm. Like, remember that like that person had gone to do that thing? We're just gonna wrap this up real quick in this one episode, so they're mm. back now. And then there's still some other stuff that's hanging out there, but it's like now we want to reel them back in really quick so we can go do this other stuff. But yeah, um, looking forward to that season. Really good show, um, fantastic. But anyway, I think for the most part, that's uh, most of what I've been up to. Um, outside of work and, and businessy kind of stuff, which has been eating up a lot of my time. So if you want to like, well, Chris isn't talking about much. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff that's going on and good reasons behind that, but nothing I will bore you folks with on this show. But um, things I will also hope will not bore you is uh, our topic for this episode. And I, the guys, you know, we always kind of go back for like, what are we going to talk about? You know, what's your, your turn to do a show? What's your, your topic? And I thought, you know, I don't think we've ever done a show on pinball. I mean, we've talked about pinball before, but nothing like is a main topic. I'm like, how do we get 120 episodes in and we've never really <laughs> dug into pinball? But so that's what we're going to do today. I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about pinball and especially got what some of this got me started is, is Kelsey is, is uh, taking the journey towards becoming an operator uh, mm-hmm. in the pinball space. So I thought like this is kind of a perfect time to just dig into it and Obviously, Kelsey, you've owned quite a few in the shop stuff that you've done before, mm-hmm. and I know the rest of us played. I've I've got a pinball table here, and, and obviously I know Bill's played tons over the years, so I thought well, that's a good time to wheel this topic out and kind of go through it. So I've got a few things queued up, but I also would be curious to know, and as we go through, or we can split this out at any point in time, um, just general thoughts about it, you know, like Kelsey, your perspective about why you want to be an owner, or Bill, like your work in those things or playing around with them in different spaces if that comes up that's great love to hear it too but i do have a few things to structure this around and i kind of wanted to begin with just pinball itself as a topic and its longevity right because pinball Mm. has been a thing now for going on basically like a hundred years and really there's not a lot else gaming wise that has that staying power i guess you could say like ski ball uh and crane machines maybe like the other things and then i guess really loosely maybe like target shooting mm. things but i mean like in its roughly same form pinball is still there i mean there's been a lot of changes over the years but mm. in general 
hadn't hasn't strayed too far from its kind of foundations. I want to say the first machine they call like modern, like in quotes, uh, was like in the early early fifties, I think. Where they they had all the I, features like with the flippers and the angle and, and I think the, you're probably talking like Humpty Dumpty was like the first flipper yeah. game yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah but even before that I mean they had a lot of pinball but then it was tied to gambling because yeah. it was more like a game it wasn't of chance. as much uh, yeah it wasn't as much skill until they had the uh, the flippers yeah pinball definitely started as a gambling mechanism uh and why it was illegal in some cases for a while um but yeah we'll get into all the different pieces and kind of how that put together and i don't really want to necessarily turn this into a pinball history lesson but um i mean some of those pieces will come into the topics Uh, i don't think we really need to take it through all of it but i want to kind of start there and then i'm just uh i want to talk first about what do you think gives what has allowed pinball to stay relevant because i mean it's it's kind of waned and it's really come back uh here recently so um so kelsey i'm gonna start with you especially mm-hmm. if you kind of thinking about owning these things and putting them out as an operator what do you think has let pinball have its staying power as it has um it's it's got that tactile like thing it's like such an experience it's not just uh the game itself like when you go in there and you're playing like it's all the noises it's feeling the ball rolling through the table there's every time you hit a ramp or something you can just like feel it rolling through there because your hands are touching the machine um so it you feel connected to the game i feel like and it's not something anyone can emulate in their home so it's like a special experience when you go out there's very few people that can afford and have room and can maintain a pinball machine. You need several parts to fall into place to actually have one in your home. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty rare that people get to experience it often. Uh, so I think it's just like it's a fun treat no matter what. And it's just something that most people will never get to have in their home long enough to like get bored of or get used to. So it's, it's always fun and special every time you go see one. Definitely. So think about it. You've owned some of these before and think about yeah. what, I mean, obviously you must think this is going to be around enough for you to make some money off of for a while. So what, uh, what kind of spurred you along to go like, yeah, I want to get really into the, like run a route and do all that. Uh, it's just another one of those things that's missing where I live. We, we live just far enough away from everything and we're just big enough. I think we can support like a few uh like we couldn't have a whole arcade here that wouldn't make enough money to exist but if i can get a few machines and plop them around at different businesses around town i think they'll do well enough that they can exist not expecting to get rich off it it's just our our town doesn't have a lot of cool like nerdy things in it so i'm trying to bring something else here and at least break even on it a worst case scenario you know i I don't make enough and i end up with a cool pinball machine in my basement not the end of the world I was going to ask you, I mean, is your goal to um, basically have other people buy you pinball machines or is it just going to leave them out there on, on route all the time? Yeah, leave them on route. And, you know, um, if uh, if I need to sell them after a while, they stop making money and I can find them a home, you know, we'll probably go that route because um, I don't have the space for much in my place. So, yeah, I just want to make Prince George a little funner and have some... Uh, 
have some things around town for people to do that aren't uh, the usual stuff that we have up here. Wonderful. What about you, Bill? Um, what, what do you think brings that, I mean, like a hundred years of longevity or so to a game like this? And, and I know you've been involved with some pinball stuff before. Yeah, not as intimately as some of the other people that I've, I've worked with, but I've had the pleasure of getting a lot of experience and time with them just because of the connections that we've made over the years and some of the trips we've made to other shows and just like, you know, meeting people and stuff like that. Um, you mentioned a game that I was going to uh, mention earlier, um, uh, or sorry, earlier you mentioned a game that I think like is very fitting uh, answer for this. And there's a... Um, uh, an operator, uh, I guess you, you consider him an operator, he, you know, runs some machines kind of throughout New England. Uh, so this guy did, uh, you know, interview or, or podcast or something like that. And they asked him, you know, like, what's your number one, like, performing game or whatever, like arcade game. And he was like, well, our number one performing game is not an arcade game. It's skee-ball and it's by <laughs> a mile. Like not, wow. e- not even close. Like it's ski ball and then everything else is secondary to it. And I thought about that. And I think when I take my kids to like, you know, uh, uh, there's no boardwalk in the beach town we go to, but it's like, you know, the fantasy Island type, like the rides in the arcade, like the permanent kind of fair that's there. And we go in the arcade. My middle guy just wants to play ski ball. And nothing else. You j- and like it's like what uh, Kelsey was saying with like it's the tactile nature of it. It's like with skee ball, it's like picking that ball up, feeling it. It's like rolling it. It's the sound of it going down the lane. It's the you know the exp- like hearing it like pop up, going that hole, hearing the bell ding, the tickets come out. It's so obviously that's much much simpler. But pinball, as complex as it can be, like machinery wise. It's still that experience of like, you know, you hit that start button, like the, like it, when the ball comes up and just hits the flip, like you're, you're, you're holding the, um, uh, uh, you know, to get ready to like launch the ball, like into the game. If you're just kind of hand is on, uh, just waiting there for it. Like you feel the ball, like hit there, like, you know, when you, you hear it go and like Kelsey was saying, like, just the, you feel connected to the machine. And the other piece is it's anybody can play. You don't have to be good. You don't have to be good at a game, bad at a game. You don't have to be, Hey, you want to play pinball? Oh, sorry. I'm not a gamer. You know, like I don't play Fortnite or whatever. Like your mom could play this pinball machine and she would might want to, if it's a wizard of Oz pinball machine or, you know, like something like a theme that's, and we'll talk about themes. I'm sure a whole bunch later, but like there's so varied and so cool and so there's just something about them that your whole like demeanor like changes when you see like oh they have pinball here <laughs> like <laughs> there's just there's just something different about it and i've uh, like you said before it takes a or, or kelsey might have said it it takes a, a a substantial amount of money unless you were just given a pinball machine somehow it takes a good amount of money a good amount of space a good amount of technical know-how or like the ability to pay someone to maintain the machine for you to be able to own one and i've never owned one i've kind of like looked into what it would take to own one a few times and i'm like nope not for me um but in uh going to MAGFest and seeing the the lineup of machines they have there, which is unreal. And then having, you know, like a couple dozen machines at Retro World on free play, uh, going to uh, our buddy, uh, Single Banana uh, Rich's house, 
Um, he has some machines, but his neighbor uh, has a, a collection of pinball and arcade machines that we've talked about before. The the coolest thing for me and the the my like in to like really starting to appreciate pinball is getting to go to some of these events where the machines are just on free play and I don't have to spend like $50, you know, over the course of like a handful of hours to like figure it out because they don't, they don't tell you like, you know, you kind of got to figure out the mechanics or have someone be like, Oh, like this is the, this is the mechanic. This is the trick. This is how this works. And once you know how a game works, it's no longer just about, you know, because at, at, at first everybody's like, you know, just make sure you don't die. Just hit the ball so you don't, so the game doesn't end. And then when you get just a tiny bit better, you're trying to do specific things, and that opens up all sorts of possibilities. So I think the longevity goes back to anyone and everyone can play and wants to play because it's just cool and not like anything else. And then the next part of it is it really expands for the people who want to invest like the time and the money and, and the, the effort and the resources. Um, so yeah. And it, it always shocks me like how much like new machines are like every couple of years. It's like, man, they, they keep, they keep, they did keep you, pumping did up. You see but... the new one, Bill, it's uh Foo Fighters. No, I didn't hear about that one. <laughs> that's, that's the next one. Strings putting out. Yeah. I, I did end up playing the, um, uh, the Metallica finally. Um, it was nice. at a place in um, that uh, Rich took me to in North Carolina when I visited him. There's this little, and it's not a uh, an admission arcade. It's a like put your dollars in the change machine and put your yeah. quarters in the machine. So it's like I couldn't like play it to death and like figure out kind of what the ins and outs were, but it was just cool to get to play it. So, but yeah, no, I didn't hear about Foo Fighters. That's cool. So yeah, it's um, it's there's there's a handful of factors, but yeah, for sure it's the you know, it it like I relate it to skee ball in the fact that just everyone can play, everyone wants to play. It just has that next level, uh, like available for those who want to put that extra time into it. Yeah, I think I would echo a lot of that. I think for me, it's one of those games where you can have fun if you do lousy, or you can have fun if you are really good. Right, like even if you're not very good, there's enough of the binging and the bonging, and you're hitting the buttons, and the balls going places, and on occasion, even accidentally, things will happen, and you can just have a fun amount of time, even not knowing what on earth you're doing. Like a kid mm-hmm. can just feels good slapping the buttons, you know. Yeah. And, and then you'll see the people that are like really, yeah, you know, they're going after the skill shots and they're, okay, I've yeah. got to do this to progress this mode. I have to do this and yep. <clears throat> all that stuff. And <clears throat> again, everybody gets to have fun, right? Mm-hmm. There's, it's not, there's not a lot of games that let you do that, right? Because a lot of yeah. games will, will make you feel like, oh, well, I'm just not very good at this and I, this isn't fun because I suck. Yeah. Not very many games give everybody the same feeling of I'm having fun, even if I'm yeah really don't understand what's happening at all. Yeah. I've never particularly been very good, but like I love that like, man, I got ninety six million points. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well good. So um talking about going into arcades and seeing these and there's like a lot of these free play arcades or different things these days, which makes sense. So um when you walk into arcade game, Kelsey uh, or walk into an arcade. 
Where are you going first? You're going to go to arcade machines or are you going to pinball? So there's usually not as many pinball machines. So if there's no lineup there, yeah, you got to hit the pinball first while it's free because there's there's less machines so they get crowded easier. Um, so yeah, you take the advantage of that when they're open. Uh, but I got you. I, I'll go either way. If I if I see a particular uh, machine that catches my interest, whether it's pinball or video game, um, and they're both like wide open, I'll go to which you know I could be drawn either way. But uh, usually I like to grab the pinball while it's open if no one else is uh, on there at the moment. All right. Now, in those free play arcades, then are, are you a, are you a hog? Are you gonna sit on that machine I'm, for a while? I've never been to free play one. I've only been to like three credits in. Mm. Those mm. don't oh, wow. exist in my area. Mm. All right. Well, you make it down this way again. We'll take you to one. And, you can you can enjoy yourself or go out to um, Vegas and see the yeah unless someone's like thing. standing behind me like obviously wanting the machine I would totally be a hog I would stand <laughs> there and like get really good at something before I'm ready to move on awesome yeah would, what about you, you Bill would you would you, would you turn okay. around and say gonna be a while buddy <laughs> yeah put your token down you're gonna be waiting. <laughs> I always love that with Street Fighter where you'd be playing and someone just came and like slapped their their change down like I got next. <laughs> and but you yeah, might that, be like, uh, have you seen the line going here? I'm the one that's uh, yeah. when it stays on, buddy. You know? <laughs> so where are you walking, Bill? What do you do when you go into an arcade? Yeah, I mean, without fail, it's arcade machine first. Um, okay. And it's it's uh, I've nothing against pinball. I really, really like pinball. But like when I see and hear like an arcade environment my my brain just goes to street fighter and golden axe and arkanoid it's I just, it's just too strong like and they're a pinball that i like but like i really almost don't think it's like an afterthought like once i've kind of done the games i want to do i'm like oh that's cool i'm like oh yeah they have this corner back here like a lot of the arcades like there's usually like an alley you know like it's it's not super visible when you first walk in depending on like how the place is set up um, the place Rich took me to, like the whole right side was pinball, so you could see it when you got there. Um, but yeah, it's without fail, it's arcade machine first. But Kelsey is dead on with if the pinball is open, uh, take it because uh, that's a big thing at um, expos where a lot of machines tend to be on free play. The pinball is just going to be occupied a hundred percent of the time so so at an arcade where you're like paying for stuff or even like admission like i'm just thinking arcade machine first but if i'm in a situation where like everything's on free play like an expo and like the time is kind of limited because like you paid for a ticket 100 percent go to whatever open pinball machine because like you would look down the line and you'd be like oh it'd be really cool to get a chance to play like a game or two on each one of these you're not going to get a chance to play a game or two on each one of those at an expo. There's just too many people, um, like, you know, all waiting. Even MAGFest, where, like, there's, like, dozens and dozens and dozens of machines, but, like, there's so many people, and they all want to play the best machines. Because I went to MAGFest, and I pinged a few people. I'm like, hey, like, they got so much pinball here. Like, what should I try and play? And a few of my pinball friends were like, oh, here's some of the best games. Because as a non-pinball person... You just go after the themes you think are cool. Like, I don't know what machines are good. So um, uh, they the, all the games they told me were not games I would have picked because the themes weren't, like, immediately the most appealing to me. But I played them, and they were super fun. So I'm glad I, like, kind of, like, knew, like, what the hit list was. But, but yeah, it's uh, I'm just such a video game arcade 
person at heart. So uh, no, no, no hit to the pinball at all. But uh, that's that's where I'm going first. In my case, I'm kind of like you're talking about. I usually want to go and hit some of the arcade games first. But a lot of times I'll, I'll find is that once I've got that little quick nostalgia hit, then I'll go spend more time at pinball. You know sure. what I mean? Like I want to get that feel again. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in the arcade. I want to go play mm-hmm. my faves and uh, hit a few things. Maybe if there's something I haven't seen. And then, yeah, I'm probably just going to go hang out on the pinball machines mm-hmm. for a while longer. Especially if they've got, like you said, some of these titles that you really just kind of enjoy and love to play. Um, but to me... Knowing that an arcade has pinballs on free play is a much bigger draw for me to go to a place like that. Because we've got several that are kind mm. of in the Indianapolis area. And there's like one barcade where all the arcade machines are on free play. But pinball you got to pay for. Ooh. And then there's another one that, no, it's all free. And I'm always mm. like, yeah, let's go to the other one. Because yep. I don't want to, you know, I want to just enjoy it. Yep. Um and they're not that far apart. Yeah. The Now, don't get me wrong. The ones where you have to pay in that barcade that has the paid pinball, the reason you got to pay is they always have the newest machines, right? Mm. But honestly, I don't always care so much about that because, you know, uh, a lot of them, like the properties, I'm like, I don't care, you know. Yeah. I'm just as fine. I just want to play pinball sometimes, sure. right? So I'm okay. Well, let me just go hang out and play some of the other machines. Especially these have like, Seems like all the games these days are, are all licensed. I don't know if there's yes. anything unique anymore. Yeah, I think they're all licensed now. I think they've figured out that's one of the ways to guarantee they make enough money from producing these. So they're the only Stern's the only game in town anymore, other than these like really tiny one-off things that pop up. Um, and they've kind of figured out what works, and that's to put out one machine a year and to make sure it's a big enough license that enough people are interested in it. Don't flood the market and don't risk anything with uh, with your own new uh, IP you're trying to build or something. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, I guess, for some of these companies. They're just not the juggernauts they used to be. That's no. for sure. No. All right. So moving on from that, um, one thing I kind of thought about, and I'm sure you guys have seen this in many different forms, but I want to talk about video pinball or... It's flavors, right? Uh, video game-ized pinball, whether that's literally on a games console, whether it's one of those tables that is a screen where you're faking playing pinball, and all of those kind of varieties of things. Um, so, Kelsey, what's your take on video pinball? Is, is any of it worth it? Is it all trash? Is, do you like any of it? Would you ever buy any of it? Uh, so, one of my favorite versions of this is there's like a pinball collection on the 3ds that is uh it's got like a few dozen classic old tables recreated um on you know in 3d so you play them on your your handheld system i'm sure it's on other consoles as well um it was awesome they like it we're finally at a point where they can get the physics right and they feel about as close as you're going to get to to real ball movement and and flipper hits and stuff because all the pinball tables they emulated in the 80s and 90s are terrible they're, they don't they don't play like pinball they do their best for the time but they're they're far off uh so it was really cool because i don't know if i'll ever have a chance to play black knight and whirlwind and earthquake and 
all these games that were huge in the 70s 80s 90s um like gorgar and like and some of these tables are they're so old that they're just incredibly hard to maintain they're rare they i live in an area where there's nothing anywhere close to me for pinball i have to drive nine hours to find the nearest pinball machine kind of thing so it was really cool to get to play all these old tables and they had like little biographies of the company and the creator and and why this theme was uh, a cool idea at the time uh so i love that version of video pinball what about the ones that are the pseudo pinball machines where they're like the stand-up thing but it's a screen and instead of a table i've seen those i can't imagine them being anywhere near as fun as normal pinball i think you're just missing too much of that tactile stuff i'm just guessing maybe they've got enough uh you know force feedback and stuff in them to make them emulate it a bit that that it's fun um and i don't know what the price is maybe they're they're worth it for for like a couple hundred bucks maybe that's uh that's doable for the experience but i i not something that interests me because i know arcade one up has done i think a few of these things so um, yeah it's uh, an interesting idea but uh what's your take so bill video it's pinball it's oh, arcade I'm one up Do, are they mm-hmm. licensing classic old ones or are they new properties yeah 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 they're like older and if it's a whole video table do they license multiple tables within one i think they're just one thing huh. that's i think they're like, just one off things. i could see maybe like if you get like 10 machines like because you can just switch the video screen right Maybe that would be more worth it, too. Eh. What about you, Bill? Video pinball? Yeah? No? So before I get into video pinball, I don't want to make Kelsey feel bad, but I am fairly certain I've played every one of the tables that he mentioned that he doesn't know if he'll get a chance to play. I've definitely played Black Knight. Uh, Chris had that and a 2000. Um, I've definitely played uh, uh, Whirlwind. Um, which I love. Chris owned one of those as well. Um, Gorgar, I didn't play. He had one at the uh, the Retro Games Plus, like in like the break room. He was working on it because it, it didn't function. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't that like a, a first? Like it was the first, was first, like first recorded with voice. I think with voice. First, yeah. That's what I thought it was, yeah. So um, I don't think I played that in working order, but like as you were listing those games, I was like, yeah, like those are ones that. Uh, that I've had the pleasure of playing, but, uh, but yeah, so video pinball, um, I kind of forget about it sometimes until like someone like brings it up. It's not really like on the forefront. I remember thinking that it could be like a, not cool. Cause it's not cool, but I was like, it could be an option to like, you know, everybody's got like <laughs> a, an option, like an, not a cool, but it's an not a cool one. Like, uh, like everyone's got like a spare, you know, like flat panel TV laying around or like, you know, like a spare TV in the kid's bedroom, eh, throw it on a table, you know, like put a couple of buttons on a box, you know, like just to like fart around for like a half day. So not, not to do anything seriously or for fun, but just like as an alternative of like, you know, I, I, I can't play these machines anywhere around me. Wouldn't it be kind of cool to just kind of see kind of what it would be like you know this is what the table is how it works the things that happen because they do have um and this is probably when i was looking into mame stuff and just like all sorts of like different emulations because 
Uh, there are, you know, pinball, there is pinball emulation and software and ROMs out there in a bunch of different varieties. And I never like actually pulled the trigger and like tried to get it working because after a while of thinking about it, I'm like, I don't know, like this might seem, this seems like it might be a whole bunch of effort for something that just might not be fun for like any amount of time, (laughs) like maybe just like a a few minutes. Um, So the one thing that I will say is I probably put more time into the NES version of Pinbot than the game probably like warrants <laughs> as far as how good it is. But it was, you know, like when you're kids and like, you know, you have seven games or whatever, you play the seven games you have, right? Yeah. So yeah. you pop it in, you turn it on, and like, you know, nothing super special about it. The ball goes up and you control your flippers. And I think there's like a two screen aspect where you can like get it up to the screen above and then like it'll scroll up and, you know, it'll scroll back down when you die. But, uh, yeah, I haven't really thought about video pinball in such a long time outside of that emulation aspect that I never really pursued. Pinbot, which I just have memories of, but that uh, that collection on the um, on the DS sounds uh, sounds like an interesting enough uh, little kind of like what's the word? Um, I don't want to say distraction, but just like a nice little footnote in like uh, kind of like a pinball uh, it's like you know a, collection. You know how like Digital Eclipse does like the Atari fiftieth, and, and they kind of make it like a museum. It's like that because mm. every time you load it up, it's like you don't just load up the game; it's like you load up a screen where it's like got the picture of the table and it'll like show you mm. either the back class or the uh play field and then it's got a huge paragraph mm. next to it. it's like this was designed this year by this guy yeah. who worked for this company and here's the story behind why he did it uh that's yeah, really it was, cool it was really really cool yeah, yeah I, guess I bought several of those i think they were back in that ps2 xbox 360 era um there was quite a yeah, few a lot, of those there's a lot yeah that came out. yeah namco collection there was like there was like that that trend for a little while where it's like midway classics volume seven and in television classics and yeah there was lots of those uh uh and then the recently we, we talked about the atari 50th right the uh uh very 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 well done so but yeah so video pinball again it's kind of one of those things that like I kind of forget about but like i'd be curious if there is anyone out there that's like oh no man like i set a tv up put some buttons on a box like it's fun <laughs> i've seen one of those before that somebody did um i went to uh been years back so it's probably one of the first attempts at some of that stuff that um up in kalamazoo michigan they have this thing every year called pinball at the zoo Kalamazoo, but ah, um, <laughs> right. It's one of those things where like people just bring a bunch of machines, and it's up you pay to get in the door. Mm. But somebody had done one of those, like yeah, like you're talking kind of name things, like with like a TV, mm. and it wasn't very good. But that was a long time ago, <laughs> so maybe it's better now. But right. uh, I know those collections that Kelsey's talking about. I, have, I think I still have quite a few of those. I don't know if you can play them on mo- modern consoles at all, but um, they were fun. Mm-hmm. They were, I mean, for what they were, they were pretty good. They handled pretty well. For me, um, yeah, like I said, I just bought some of those. So, I mean, I remember playing them and enjoying them. Um, the idea, though, of like that table of a video, yeah, I yeah. don't really get that at all. I mean, I don't really understand. Um, I think it just like, I would just rather play like we just talked about, like something like a video game version of a mm-hmm. pinball than ever trying to do. Because, yeah, you like lose all the... Kind of like what you guys were talking about before. I right? like you, 
you could feel the ball clunking around and there's like yeah. the knocker when you match the thing and you get a free right. game and it's very tactile yeah and, and it's, you lose it's, all that it's not at all the graphics right like if you made it photorealistic 3d like this like if the if you could make the lights in the screen like look like like light up bulbs it still wouldn't be as good because of all of the missing the heart of the machine and like all those uh those things that you can see and feel and hear yeah it was just such a strange thing that you know like video games usurped pinball but then at some point in time tried to get like in on the pinball game and mm. i don't know it's kind of a weird tangling yeah. of things but anyway um i want to talk about pinball features because obviously with pinball being around for so long there's been a very wide variety of different kinds of pinball innovations and features and i kind of wanted to get an idea of how much variety you guys have played i mean there's been a lot of stuff i threw a couple examples in our our thing here but you know there's like everything from the like first games that had the little dot matrix screens to now like the new games have like the whole back glass is just a screen and yep. there's videos that get played and so i mean um i just want to start kind of talk a little about like what you've seen what you liked um the innovations you thought were cool but um i guess kelsey i'll start with you sure um a lot of the like really old examples you put on here i haven't had a chance to play um, the oldest machine I think I've played was uh, I had a Monaco, which was a late 70s game. Uh, and that was electromechanical. Um, but it, you know, it had flippers, it had pop bumpers, uh, it had the kind of modern trappings of, of pinball. Um, I used to have a couple wide body ones, so I have played a couple of those machines. Uh, the, uh, what were they, Flight 2000 and Counterforce. Um, oh, okay. They're really cool sci-fi themes. Beautiful back glass, beautiful play fields. Both were pretty only, fun games. The only wide body I've ever played is a game called Future Spa, which oh. um, if you've never seen the artwork, definitely go check out the artwork because it's like 1970s version of the future, but people are at a spa, like uh, you know, <laughs> just like frolicking in like really skimpy clothing. It's pretty fantastic, to be honest. That sounds um, good. Yeah, it's a pretty the cool game. Counterforce one was weird because the playfield's actually pretty empty. It's not that exciting. There's not like ramps and, and uh, bumpers and stuff everywhere. What it does have is a lot of lights down the center, and up at the mm -hmm. very very top, there's the drop. Uh, what do you call them? Drop panels. Yeah, like yeah. drop targets. Drop targets. Thank you. And so you hit the drop targets, uh, and it likes the, the lights are like they're supposed to represent like missiles raining down on Earth. So as oh. the lights are moving down, you're trying to hit the drop target at the top of the light, which will remove that missile from like coming down. So like missile command. It is exactly like missile command in pinball form. It's really neat, and it's so weird how empty it is when you see the machine off. But then when you turn it on, the lights make it feel like there's a lot going on. Uh, so kind of. Like tricks your brain. Um, and then I have played a Pinball 2000. Uh, I've played the um, Star Wars Episode One Pinball yeah, 2000 yeah. machine. And it was really good. Like, uh, It's kind of a shame that that didn't uh, get more than the two machines because uh, the holographic 
play stuff's kind of neat. They like I, there was like little like uh, battle droids coming out, and you have to like shoot the ball through them to destroy them, and and uh, little uh, what are those what are those droids called where they like roll in a circle and they have the like barrier over them. The, Deku the, the, droids. The the, the, the droidicas. Tried <laughs> uh, deck, yeah, yeah. That's a, whatever. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was it was a cool machine, kind of, because it didn't take you. You didn't have to like focus up on the the top screen. Like I've done some of those too, like uh, uh, the Bram Stoker's Dracula machine. So you get those little mini games where it, like locks the ball away for a minute, and then mm. it makes you shoot bats or something like up on the little LCD screen. And yeah. it's really jarring to go back and forth. Well, this was a much <laughs> yes more seamless uh it was still on the play field you're still using the same ball you still got to watch your flippers uh so it was really cool yeah it amazes me that no one has riffed on that idea of pinball 2000 again i mean because it is a little gimmicky um but I mean, it's it's a very cool like you talk about. It, you don't have to take your eyes off. I haven't played Star Wars one episode racer, but I played the, uh, the like it's the Mars Attack from Mars sequel. Yeah. It's yeah, it's the sequel to Attack from Mars, and it was great. I mean, again, yeah, it's a little hokey. You can kind of see how it works because it's a little transparent. But I mean, it's a neat add-on that's very unique that really hasn't gotten repeated. And you're like, I wonder why nobody's tried to do something mm-hmm. like this before. Or again, since something like that, but yeah, yeah. Um, any other unique stuff? I mean, do you like the ones with like the video screens and stuff for the back glass now? Or um, no, I don't like the video screens. I like just focusing on the play field. Going between the two screens, I think is uh, it's not very seamless. It, it, you have to really focus on one at a time. You can't bounce between the two very easily. Um, and then I think the most modern machine I've played is uh, I played the new Avengers uh, game a few years back when that was fairly new. Uh, a friend of mine in Vancouver operates like 90% of the coin-operated machines in Vancouver right now. So he owns over 100 pinball machines and runs them all wow. around that area. And so he, I kind of brainstormed with him a ton before deciding I wanted to do this. And, and he kind of walked me through uh some just general tips and like how to get into it and stuff so um i've got him as a backup too if i run into like a tech error that i can't figure out and uh apparently stern's support is really good right now so if you do run into an issue or you need a part shipped or something they're pretty awesome about uh walking you through it on the phone or getting you what you need within a couple days but he's also like my backup because he's fixed thousands of machines uh he's he's been doing it for years and years and years cool what about you, Bill? Have you played around with a wide variety of machines? Are there like some of the the tricks and pieces that you really have checked out? I'm I'm just so ignorant on like pinball, like in, like generally, like I'm really just such like a like not a historian, not a uh, an expert on the types of parts or whatever. Like you could put me on three or four different types of machines. And you could say, okay, like, tell me the differences. And I'd be like, I, I didn't notice any, you know, like, unless it's like a glaring, like big glaring, like feature. But uh, yeah, I, I, I've probably played just like one or two EM machines. Um, I had a neighbor who had like an electromechanical in their basement that was like a hand-me-down from somebody who, you know, like the things are kind of kept in the family or like was, you know, 
grandma had it at her pizza place, you know, like in the fifties type thing or whatever. But I have no idea what it was called. I just remember it was a super simple play field. And then what did you call those things before? Those like circular ones that just like bounce them like back and forth, like for like 30 minutes, pop bumpers. The, pop bumpers. the pop bumpers. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, before you said that, I didn't know what they were called. So it's, oh, okay. uh, so I, so, um, to me, it's all been a journey of discovery. So, uh, Usually it's like, okay, I like this theme. I will try this machine out. But then when I get to it, I have no notion of like, oh, that was a Bally or that was a Stern or that was a Midway or this was at this era. And it felt different than this because it was in that era. If, if I really like look at a machine, I can, I can, uh, you know, kind of pick, pick out like, oh, you know, like you said before, like the dot matrix screens. And I think it's cool how like sometimes they'll have like animations on the dot matrix that got like more uh, um, sophisticated as time went on. Cause early on they're, you know, like it might just be like, you know, falling pixels, but then eventually, you know, like exploding blood and skulls and like, you know, dot matrix form, like on a Terminator machine or something. But yeah, like it never, you know, I, I didn't play enough kind of like through the years to kind of associate those features um, with anything so it's kind of all just like Chris, whatever kind of sticks out I, I just looked up a, a video or a pictures of future spa and i have a question for you yeah uh, were pinball machines ever r-rated is that a thing <laughs> that machine I... <laughs> really walking the line i think <laughs> oh you look at a lot of 70s artwork these were things that were in bars and things. They weren't mm. made for children. Right. Um, yeah, like, you know. But you, I think you have to think of love it, too. Like, okay. I mean, we can say, I can tell you probably right away, like, right? Like, pokey nipples and everything else, right? But <laughs> I think you have to remember, I, I was alive in the 70s. A lot of times in the 70s, like, there was a big time where people, women didn't wear bras, right? That was very normal. So... That's my favorite pinball feature. If we're, Pokey, that's, Pokey that's, that, that's the variety of machine that I play the most. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, I would agree. Like a lot of the themes, especially like back then, are not kid friendly, yeah. right? And you that changed a lot. So speaking of themes in the seventies and eighties, you know what I've always wondered, and I could have just googled it, but I never had because I knew eventually we'd have this episode, and you guys could tell me. Um, I've always wondered if the machine that Polly breaks with the booze bottle at the beginning of Rocky three was a real pinball machine. Cause it doesn't look real. It just looks like they made a Rocky backlash like for this movie. And I've never seen this machine anywhere else. So that, that's not a real Rocky pinball machine, right? There probably is a Rocky pinball. I don't, I've never paid enough attention in that film to know if that's the legit Rocky legit, pinball yeah. because I remember he busts it right because the back right. glass has got his picture and he yep. psh, you know he shatters and it. yeah and it's like but incandescent I, bulbs behind yes. it so it was, and that's what that's how back glasses work yeah. um so that is uh, I just looked it up billets in the internet pinball database it's an it's a machine they produced uh, around fifteen hundred units in nineteen eighty two wow. Look at that! There you go. So you think you'd a, think you'd you'd think you'd see one uh, from time well, to time. Well, fifteen hundred is pretty small. It was a wide body machine too. Uh, oh, cool. I, I've been listening to a lot of the video game. Um, sorry, was it the They Create Worlds uh, video game podcast? And they get into pinball quite a bit because all of those old pinball companies, when they started tanking, pinball tanked in the eighties. 
because video got really big, they all got into mm. video games. So they show up in this podcast and they talk about mm. their pinball history too. So they, they talk about units sold too. And like 1500s, like really not a good selling machine. Mm. Like the, the good machines were making in that time when they were dipping like six to 10,000 was like really good. So 1500s, like mm. pretty small run. Mm. Interesting. But I mean, you've played some like you were just talking like Black Knight, like with a multi-level play field. Multi-level is so cool, and just him yelling at you the whole time is awesome. Like you suck. Like give me your money. Like and and just the music. Like uh, we we had the music turned up on it uh, pretty. Le- Actually, now that I think about it, uh, Kelsey, you were at the very first um, uh, Retro Worlds at oh, Walling nice. in uh, Wallingford. Uh, oh, you know what? He might not have had the Black Knight by then, but I, I thought I played zero there, pinballs the, there because there was a. It might have been the next year because we were at uh, Wallingford two years. I think the next year because we had the bands. That's what it was. We had the bands play in the room where the arcade was just during the day. So you were just like in an arcade, and like there were also a band playing, and Black Knight was like the, like the sound was like turned way up. So like as the band was playing, they were like, "You suck." <laughs> <laughs> and the vans were laughing at it but yeah it's so, uh, one in in the fine print of this uh internet pinball database bill uh they say that cabinet used in that movie uh is not an official cabinet like the play fields from a different game and the lower arts from a different Ooh. game it's like a frankenstein thing together yeah yeah so that yeah so they so there so you're both right so there was a rocky machine might not have been the one in the movie, yeah. and yeah, so they so they threw this together. Yeah, so I think the back glass was the right thing, and then all the other parts were from mm-hmm. other games. And you know what's funny is I just I just did a search and I found a flyer, the Gottlieb flyer that shows the actual Rocky machine, and it says featured in Rocky Three, <laughs> but they featured like a prototype or you know like a, featuring the idea of this game in Rocky Three, featuring the back glass. Yeah. <laughs> Well, happy birthday, Polly. So, uh, <laughs> happy birthday, Polly. <laughs> um, she loves me. So yes, sorry. I could watch those movies forever. <laughs> so, so sorry, I couldn't add a whole lot to that. Uh, no, it's to okay. That conversation. And I, and I looked up a few of these things here, like banana. Like I never, I, when I think of a flipper, it's symmetrical. So when I saw you, your list on here, I don't know if you read this before, but like you had some, you know, kind of suggestions and you wrote banana flippers and I'm like, what's a banana flipper? So I looked it up and I'm like, Ooh, so there, there's been some curves over the years. I didn't realize. So <laughs> yeah. And playing those games are kind of weird, but, mm. um, I will, I, I, you know, I, when I went to Vegas, I did get an opportunity to go to the pinball hall of fame. And as you can imagine, they have a ridiculous amount and from all ages and all the big games are there and that's mm. you know one of those places you pay and you can play pretty much everything they had again like most places like the the brand newest games were you still had to put money in because that's mm-hmm. how they were paying them off mm-hmm. but um I, you know i had a chance to play pretty much all this stuff like they would have like say like those pre-flipper games they had some of those there from like the 40s or whatever and yeah you can see other gambling machines i mean and you read about it and it's basically um there's like a button on the bottom and like if you scored certain things they would pay you out yeah. right like and 
in credits, but really credits were money, right? You would win credits and you would cash those credits out uh, and they would reset it. So that's what you were paying, playing for is to try to rack up credits to your gambling anyway. Mm. Um, and then they had like, like a Humpty Dumpty, right? Like the first flipper game. And like the flippers are kind of in a weird spot in that game and they're really small. It does not anything like what you would think of as like where we always have flippers now. They're kind of like mm. in the middle mm. and they're not in, it's just not the same sort of thing. And then mm. you kind of get to see like, okay, then flipper games after that were like putting flippers in weird places yeah. until they sort of settled when, okay, they should be down here. And mm. they were really small, like with big gap, right? Yeah. So it was pretty easy to lose your game. Um, and then, I, yeah, like the ones I put down here, because the ones like uh, that really stuck out to me when I was there, like zipper flippers, like where the, the flippers are on like a track and you can make them go mm. in and out oh. uh, and and flip. Um, yeah, it's just like they tried so many interesting things. And a lot of it didn't work, right? Yeah. You know, when you play it, you're like, okay. But um, another couple of things we haven't mentioned yet that I got to play there, like... Um, have you guys ever heard of the Hercules pinball game? Is that the absolutely enormous one? The enormous one, yeah. The, it it uses a cue ball. Oh, really? It, yeah, <laughs> it's it's literally a cue ball for your pinball that you're... And yeah, the thing is like stupid huge. I mean, you get, you're wrapping your arms around this thing to play it. <laughs> it's pretty fantastic. It plays like garbage. It's <laughs> in a, a tough sell. It's like, hey, pay us three times as much for this machine that takes up the space of four machines and... It's going to be a nightmare to service. Yeah. I, no, it's, it's not going to make any novelty. money. <laughs> it's a, it's like a total... I mean, I guess at the time when pinball was hot, like having a novelty would be like, oh, I've got to play this. And people would put money in it. It doesn't play very well because, again, like a cue ball doesn't move like a pinball does. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty hilarious to play it. I will say that much. Um, and you get to see like a lot of the companies that didn't make very many, like Atari pinball games. Yeah. You know, Sega like I got to play Superman, you know, like the Superman pinballs and Atari pinball game. And it's a fun game. Um, but I would say if you guys ever are in Vegas for any reason, I would super recommend going to the Pinball Hall of Fame and spending at least several hours there I, just to I see everything and try it out. closed down over COVID. I don't think that's around anymore. Really? Did I it just close for COVID or is it back? No, I thought they like sold machines at auction. Like, Oh God, I don't know. I mean, I haven't kept up. Obviously it's been years, quite a few years since I, I went. I, heard, but I think it was last year or something. I heard that. That would be terrible. Yeah. Hopefully there's another pinball museum somewhere because oh. it was pretty fantastic just to be able to go in and just sample everything and see so many different things. I mean, they always had the favorites, right? Yeah. But I mean, it was like such a wide variety of, of games, I was like, I can't remember the name of the game. But there's like a pinball game that's vertical that you get to play. Um, there's this really weird one that's about like space, and like the play field is like deformed. It's not flat, and so like your ball will like orbit certain spot. It's really anyway. There's just they tried all kinds of crazy stuff. So again, if you ever get a chance, look up some of these things. They're pretty amazing. But um, so so just to update everyone on that, in 2020, they announced plans to move to a larger facility in Vegas 
And due to the uh, closure of public venues uh, during the pandemic, the uh, Pinball Hall of Fame's economic situation was severely compromised with the future of the museum in jeopardy. To raise the necessary funds, they launched a GoFundMe campaign in January of 21, and they opened their uh, Las Vegas Boulevard location in April of 21. Uh, so they had their grand opening. That's the last thing the wiki page says. I can't really find the official. Uh, the official museum page looks like it was made in 1974. It's like that, like, you know, those, it's just like white, you know. It like, was just a guy. Like, I yeah. think it was just like a guy. Did mm. Yeah, I remember like, something that them. they auctioned off like a thousand machines uh, wow. like last year or something, I think. Maybe that was just wow. to keep things open. Uh, if it's still there, I would really, you know, or if maybe there's a different museum somewhere else. It's mm. just really neat to see. Like a lot of these games, you play them a couple times just to get like the, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but some of them were like so out there that you really just had to see it. I don't even know how to describe mm-hmm. some of these games. Yeah. Um, moving on from that, uh, I wanted to talk about themes because Bill mentioned a little bit earlier. So, Kelsey, how important is a game's theme to you and your desire to play it? It's everything. I'll play really terrible, everything. I'll play a terrible, terrible game with an awesome theme. Over really? a good game with a stupid theme. <laughs> really? <laughs> Any day, yes. You're like, oh man, so you don't care, huh? No, I just would you want. would you like if you play it for a while and if you realize it's bad, would you move to another? You're like, no, I just love ACDC so much. I'm just gonna keep playing this thing. Basically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There, I, I don't know if it's a good game, but I just found out like in the last month that there's a Batman 66 game that Stern put out like five or six years ago. I need yeah. that game. That is like my number <laughs> one game. I don't care how good or bad it is. It looks amazing. All right. Yeah. Okay. And like those old like 70s and 80s, like the art on some of them, anything that's like sci-fi or fantasy, like just gets mm. me. I love it. And, uh, like the yeah. Space Invaders. Have you seen Space Invaders? I haven't seen yeah. the Space Invaders one. Oh, you have to Google that here in a minute. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very, very xenophobe. Uh, it's very, very cool. Very metal. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's very of that time. But yeah, I, I like there can be a row of pinball machines and they can be like the classics that everybody loves. And just, you know, if there's a cool back glass with like a panther and like a guy with a sword on riding the panther, I'll go to that one. <laughs> okay they've got your number all right yeah. see i get attracted to weird things but yeah i like future spa but um no you're all about the theme yeah totally uh, how about you bill i mean is that hit it for you or are you like your friend said like they gave you a secret list and you're like i don't care about these themes i just want to play this game yeah so uh i was gonna say the same word that kelsey said uh, like like how like what is the theme to you it's everything <laughs> it is the entire package now i'm glad that i got these recommendations of games from friends to play because they were good and i would not have just walked up to those machines and played them but like if someone just said to me like hey forget money you can just have three pinball machines like what are they going to be like the first one in my mind is terminator 2 um 
just because it's so cool like just <laughs> so cool looking i don't think it's it's got a reputation as like an amazingly awesome well-playing machine and i've talked to people who own it and i'm like so is it a great machine they're like not really but it's so cool <laughs> like, it's got the terminator all over it and, and uh is that the one uh, that like has this the terminator it's got skull the, with it's the, got like, the, the red yep and it yes and uh, lance had one for a little while but yeah, like, oh man, theme is so, and you mentioned Space Invaders. I actually asked my friend Melissa, who's a really big pinhead a while ago, like, hey, is this a good, because she owned one. I was like, hey, like, is it a good machine? And 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 people who like play like a ton of pinball, like they, they, they at least in my experience, they tend to be a little more critical. Um, where like, even if it's like probably a decent machine, they're like, oh, you know, like it's got its issues, this and that. So like, they always have, uh, you know, kind of something that they don't like about it, but she, I, she, I've seen that machine. There's one in town here. It was wow. really shop. I thought it was uh, aliens because like you said, yeah. it's really xenomorphy. It's very, if xenomorph, that's what I meant to say. Not faux. You need to go uh, pick xenomorph. that one up from them and fix it up and put it on location. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, because it just says Space Invaders, kind of like small, like like. It's uh, got that weird, like infinity glass, like yep. thing yeah. going on. Su- super cool look to it. And I, but I think I asked my friend Melissa, and I was like, "Hey, what about this machine?" And she was like, "Awesome, awesome theme, awesome art, not the best playing machine in the world, or, or something like that." Is how she said it. But yeah, like so. Again, I'm very glad that. Like, cause look, when I went to Magfest and I pinged her and probably Rich, and it was years ago, it might have even been like you guys. And I was like, "What should I play?" Some of the recommendations that came back were, you know, Whirlwind, which I'd never heard before, and I played it. And uh, as a sweaty guy, I really appreciated the fan just blowing uh, in my face uh, <laughs> while you while you get to play that game. One was Star Trek: The Next Generation, which it's like, you know, I like Star Trek as much as the next guy, but like the number of people that said play star trek yeah. next generation pinball it's, it's a like really really good that, machine that like early 90s era it, i always hear like star trek adam's family dracula like those mm. are like dracula Bra- twilight yeah. zone bram stoker's dracula especially if it's got you know if you get the magnet uh which is a piece that like i've, I've seen them listed and it's like oh like bram stoker's dracula this price this location uh the magnet's kind of iffy you know like that's like the part that like that like dies or, or goes sideways um, so again, I'm glad I played those, but like, uh, it's, it's totally themed for me. And then like, sometimes I'll play a game where the theme is really cool and I don't have like the most fun, but I'm like, Oh, it was still cool. You know? And then sometimes I'll play, um, like I played, um, the, there's a, I don't know if it's called Batman or the dark Knight, but it's like the Chris Nolan themed, like Batman, uh, uh, table that, and there's like a crane, like kind of like in the middle of the play field that it has like a, a, a magnet or a pinball on it. And like, it just moves depending on like, you know, like what you've done in the game. And I thought that was just a really cool mechanic because it was almost like practice for me. Like I had to be good at like hitting that thing in three or four or five different positions from either side. So I'm like, Oh, this machine, like I'm actually like improving a skill when I play this machine. Um, and then, um, uh, oh, the one I didn't mention before that I really, really liked. I can't remember if it's called Indianapolis or Indy 500 or or what the full name of it is, but it's just some generic-themed Formula One machine. And I don't care for racing or Formula One at all, but the, the reason it's called that, like the gameplay mechanic is there's this, I don't know the terminology, but like there's this like ramp that you can like hit the ball up. And it's so fast, it zooms like all the way around, like the entire, like, you know, on this rail or whatever. 
and it spits back out and there's nothing to slow the ball down like before it like feeds it back to like your main right bumper. So the whole idea is if your timing's good, you can like hit it again, like at, at full speed. So if you get good, it's just, it, it's like, man, you're theming this, like, you know, this mechanic, like with the game so well, because it was like a, an indie car, like just doing like uh, these like super fast laps. So yeah, like there's exceptions where like, uh, you know, it's like, oh, this was a fun machine, even though it was, you know, you know, the, the, the speedy Gonzalez machine and I don't even care, you know, like, or like Tom and Jerry. And I'm like, oh, like who, like, you know, like there's been ones where I'm like, oh, that was fun. But like, if someone said, hey, you can only play like five or 10 machines, I'm, I'm going, you know, like Terminator, Metallica, you know, like Ghostbusters. I, I, we were driving, we we're in um, Jersey Shore a couple of years ago and I was trying to find some arcades. They were all kind of uh, destroyed by Sandy. And, um, there is a Ghostbusters pinball machine at this mini golf place because like the, the arcade was like a couple stories up. You had to like walk up a little like thing to get to it. And it was the new, new ish one. So it wasn't like a, it was like, you know, made in the last 10, you know, maybe 15 years, whatever. And it was great. Like, well, no, so I shouldn't say that. Like I, I lost very, very quickly. So I don't <laughs> know if it was a combination of the machine being hard or me not being good. But like, like, like we said before, even though I didn't like last very long and like, there goes like my dollar or two, I'm like, yeah, I played Ghostbusters and I got to hear some Ghostbuster noises <laughs> <laughs> before I was dead. So yeah, theme is really, really, really like the most important. And then, you know, the, everything else is kind of secondary to that. I must be the outlier. Um, I don't really care a lot about most themes. I, I, if it's not a fun game to play, I just don't care a whole lot. Like, mm. uh, you know, we were out there the other day, you know, at the, um, you know, I think I sent you guys a picture of like, you know, we're at the arcade thing and they had like, uh, several games there, but I played, um, I think it was, I can't remember which one it was. That was it. I can't I can't remember if it was Demolition Man or one of the other ones that were there, but it was just a crap game. And I'm like, I really kind of love the property, but the game sucked. And mm. it was either, maybe it was Godzilla. Mm. Um, but anyway, I mean, just, I was like, I played the game like a couple times. I'm like, this just sucks. I don't want to play it anymore. And off to play something else that wasn't as flashy, but I'm like, just more fun to play. Mm. Um, like a lot of the older games I like to play are like, like space shuttle right like an 80s mm. game but it's like <laughs> nothing special but it's like so much fun i like really like to play that game i, I played and, that one on virtual the 3ds one yeah like spatial is really cool or like um like the i think it's black hole i think it was called yeah. it's like uh, this other little play field that's like it's like your ball Underneath. can go into it yeah, yeah. that yeah. one I was, uh, I was just listening to a podcast about gottlieb and they were saying like that the table like really cool, really innovative. It was the worst table to service. It failed constantly because of that <laughs> recessed. Nobody I could to probably, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Cause, I mean, it'd probably be pretty complicated, right? And if I remember right, like it was tilted the other way than the pinball machine, so you like had to like play it in reverse. Yeah. when the ball went down there but i mean i don't know really cool things like that i think i really just enjoy 
games a little bit more. I, I guess I don't care as much if it's like that's why like that's yeah. why I kind of hate that everything these days are all these themes and like it doesn't really tell me anything about the games any fun or not to play. Mm. Like I don't really care if it's Metallica mm. or Foo Fighters or whatever. Like is it a fun game? I don't you know whatever. Yeah. I can listen to music on my own. <laughs> I don't need the game. Um. Moving on from that, I want to talk about, you know, we kind of talk about some of the variety of games out there, but I thought I wanted to pick on, like, one feature of pinball games each, like, or maybe just a couple, but, like, like, they have a lot of, like, gimmicky things that are on pinballs, and so, like, what is your thing that you're like, oh, I love to see this, or this is my favorite part mm-hmm. of a pinball game, so... Kelsey, I'll start with you. Like, what's what are the, like? Oh, these are the gotchas on a pinball game. Like, if they have this feature or whatever, I love this this thing. Uh, I'm really easy to please. I just love a good ramp made out of rails. Just the sound of that oh, ball okay. rolling back down to your flipper to, for another shot. Like, that's the most satisfying, especially when you can like get it in a loop where you like rolls down to your right flipper. You flip it into the left ramp, and it comes back to your right flipper, and you can get that four or five times in a row. It's, that feels great do you like the ones that have like some of those games have like a bunch of different ones or you like "Ah, one or two loops is good the more like i'm good with one but if they got like five or six like i'm (laughs) i'm happy because then if i miss the one i'm shooting for maybe i'll hit the other one by mistake (laughs) okay so the little bouncy not like the plastic guides but like the middle you know plastic ramps are fine too but i my if i had to pick one yeah i just love the metal ramps that are like uh like four kind of wires the ball just like gets directed through <laughs> yeah those are always pretty cool how about you bill uh same thing I, and i would describe myself the same way like i'm easy to please just like put a big smile on my face so like i being not a terrifically skilled player play fields that are just wide open and have like uh, lots of nothing happening in the middle like i tend to do really bad on those because there's just i have a really bad time judging my flipper timing when like it's coming from like anywhere on the play field. Like I kind of remember Metallica being that way, but I could be misremembering. So I kind of like, like a, like a little bit of like a narrow, you know, like middle. And I like having a bunch of stuff I can go for on the left, a bunch of stuff I can go for on the right. And I like having like a couple of big targets up top. And I really, ju- I, I don't typically pay attention to the mechanics of like, okay, if I open up cave one, two, and three, then it's going to open up the mega ultra cave. And then I can start the raid against the dragon. And then I could, like, I don't know those things. A lot of times if I'm with rich or someone who like knows the machine, they're like, oh, and they'll kind of guide me through like, oh, well you can do this and this and this and this. And I'm like, I'm not good enough to do that. I never will be. I just want to get the thing where I would like it to go. So my thing is like, if I see, you know, five tombstones grouped together on the left, I'm like, all right, let me just get those five tombstones. And then when I do what I, what I want the game to do is like explode in a Jubilee of like, you are so good. (laughs) I can't believe you did. You're the first person ever. Or like, if I like hit this big ramp and it goes to the back and then, you know what I really, really, really like, I like when all of the lights on the machine, like go dark, like almost like I've caused like a blackout. And then like it caught, it, it brings your attention to like maybe the top corner where like one thing is like shaking or like, Oh, you are so good. And then like everything comes back to life and it like so I I like things like that where it's it's like this visceral experience where like there's lots of like uh 
you know, lots of sounds happening, lots of, you know, like numbers. And also I'm just a, I know a lot of games have this. I'm a sucker for a multi-ball. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. if it just get me a multi-ball, there's nothing that like breaks my heart more than like getting a multi-ball and like losing one like right away. So like if <laughs> Which I you can almost keep, always do, <laughs> I, if I can keep it going for like a minute, like it's a, that's a good day. <laughs> so yeah, it's the, um, my favorite multi-ball is when you like lock a ball in somewhere and then it launches yes. your oh, other yeah. one out of the launcher and you're like so excited to lock that second ball in and, and like, when you yeah. like it'll like come up on this you're like ball one locked or yeah. whatever yeah. Right? like really loud <laughs> like okay yeah i did it yeah. yeah and and you didn't write this on here but i just want to throw in my least favorite feature whatever it's called where you can die by not getting the ball like through like the central flipper like that like side death area and those little drains on the side yeah those are absolutely like like the i equate it to like 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 Breath of the Wild or hate Breath of the Wild, like Tears of the Kingdom or hate Tears of the Kingdom, the one feature I think we can all agree is the stupidest thing in the world that no one likes is that when you're climbing something and it's raining, like you slide down the side of it. It <laughs> ruins everyone's time playing the game. And the genius way you get around it is by putting the controller down for 10 minutes until it stops raining. <laughs> And then you, and then you're fine. Or you like get the sticky frog uh, suit, uh, you know, in, uh, I don't know if that existed in breath, but like, it makes me so angry, like losing the ball there. It's, it makes when me want to nothing Google. you can do about it. Nope. Well, nothing. The guy was you can, about, if you learn, you can, if you learn I, how to, I was going to say like, it bump, makes me want to Google, like, you know, what do you call it when you, when you bump the machine or, or whatever, like. Yeah. Tilt, so yeah. That's part of the game. So the guy that mm. I was talking about that has all the machines, he lived in Prince George for like a year and he brought mm. a, a Dracula machine up with him in his house. And so we went over there and played it a lot. And he could the, the ball was like all like ninety percent down the drain and he could get it back mm. up and out. Or wow. vice versa, if it rolls down the bottom and it's about to drain, you can hit the pinball machine forward from the bottom, and if you have your flippers up, it'll go up back through the flippers upward. <laughs> so he, he would save it in all these crazy ways, and it just blow my mind. And so were they? So and the other thing too is like sometimes I'll like oh let me see if this works, and then like I would get a tilt error. So I start to wonder are these legal saves where they so, work with tilt enabled or illegal where you need it like disabled from the work the tilt sensor is like you can adjust how sensitive it is so it depends mm -hmm. on the operator uh mm. like a lot of the old ones it's like a like a circle with a metal cylinder yep. hanging around it and so if you push the yep. machine enough that the cylinder hits the side then you get your yeah. tilt um, operation yeah yeah exactly yeah. so you can adjust the sensitivity on some of them i don't know how the modern ones work i'm, I'm assuming it's a much more sophisticated uh setup than a cylinder surrounded by metal um <laughs> but yeah he because it was in his own home i think he had it set pretty loose because like the rest of us aren't pinball nets like we play once yeah. in a while when we get the chance uh, you just take the cylinder out no he would tell us like he's like you can be rougher with the machine like they're made for that I was like, I can't be rougher with the machine. That that's not right. And he's like, he yeah. gets so mad at me because I wouldn't tilt the machine or like try. Yeah. He's like, you could have saved that. I'm like, I no, I'm just gonna let it yeah. go when it's down there. I can't hit your machine. Yeah. And then I'll watch Rich play, and he'll do these like bumps and saves and tilts and stuff. And I'm like, oh, that was so cool. And then like same thing, like you know, it might be different if it was my machine. 
and if I was responsible for it, but yeah, it's it's like when I'm in someone's house and they're allowing me to like play on their stuff, like could I'm not you, gonna like shove my knee into the front of their machine. Yeah, I know. Could you imagine if you like grabbed the sides of a Street Fighter Two cabinet and like shook it to do your like special <laughs> move? Like, yeah, no way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, um, but. Uh, I think oh my, I would have to echo multiball. Whenever you op- do multiball, you always feel like you're the coolest person on the planet yeah. because everything is just, they're just chaos, right? Like everything is going nuts. And I'm sure if you're good, you can like do a bunch mm-hmm. of, but to me, it's just like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, and I'm just going to be pushing buttons like crazy. And, yeah. but you feel like, th- like it's the most exciting thing on the planet. Let, right? Letting yeah. everyone in the room know like, guys, yeah. guys, it's happening. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and half the time, like a lot of these games will be, like, it should be yell, piped in. I was gonna, it should be piped into like the the PA speakers, <laughs> like in the arcade. That like it 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 sends it out there. And and the one other one I was going to mention, but it's not even worth mentioning because it's just such a feature that's included in everything. But I never played multiplayer pinball until I was like an adult in my like mid thirties, where we went to a place on and like you know oh. got like. Put, like set it up for like three or four player or whatever and it's like uh-huh. player one go player two go player three go and like it just never occurred to me you could do multiplayer on a pinball machine and i don't know why it never occurred to me but it never did i'm like this is so cool <laughs> it's just built right into it so that's yeah, yeah the whole like one up two up thing that's where we get like one up from like mario like video games mm. like stole that uh, terminology from pinball oh i didn't realize yeah, um, and I know, like, back in the olden days, like, that's they would sell, like, a two-player version, and then, like, the four-player version would be more expensive, because obviously I'd have, like, Ooh. more mechanics and stuff to keep track of the scores and stuff, so mm. you'll see a lot of those older games, like those electromechanicals, you'll you'll have a two-player version and a four-player version, and they might be, like, styled slightly differently, like, or themed a little bit, but it's, they're just the same game, mm. um, but as far as that goes... Uh, a couple of things that I always like about pinball. Um, one is that that knocker, like like whenever you get a match and you hear that, it just crack, like real loud <laughs> noise. Through, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's or like every once in a while, like certain features in a game, they'll do that, and it almost like <laughs> scares you what happens, <laughs> but it's like just so loud. F14 Tomcat, we had that had one of those knockers, and every time you got a free ball, it would hit, and it would yeah. scare the crap out of you so much you'd lose your current ball and have to <laughs> yeah. go to your free one right away because it was so mm-hmm. loud. Yeah, but you just like, man, and you're like, not half time, not even thinking about it. It's like that match thing at the end it never works, right? Mm-hmm. Like, very, very rarely are you going to get the free game. When oh, it doesn't, yeah. you're just like, crack! And yeah. you're just that- like, that one's nice because if you lose, like you're walking away sometimes, and then you hear the crack, and you're like, "Oh, I can go back," and you turn around. <laughs> yeah, I, I really appreciate that. Um, and the thing that some of the older games had that I don't has like gone away and doesn't isn't a thing anymore. It would be like when you would shoot your ball up, and it would first come down. There'd be like several lanes, and yeah. you could tap your buttons to like high to turn yeah, the light that's, on. That's fun. Yeah, and so that way, like, you would try to light up the one that was going to come down because you get, like, bonus points for matching it. Yeah. And so you'd be, like, you know, trying to light the thing up. I always love that. And I thought, like, it's just gone now. Like, nobody does that anymore. 
You know what else I like in the old ones that I haven't seen in too many modern ones? It's just a spinner, like, around a door. So you, like, oh, yeah, shoot yeah. your ball through. You just, just, you just hear the click, 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 click. Yeah. And if you get it really fast, it just it goes so quick. It just feels <laughs> good. You're like, all those hundred points every time it spins, it's breaking it up. Mm. Um, or, like, we were talking about pop bumpers. Like, there's a few games that will just have, like, a, those clusters of pop bumpers where sometimes if the ball just gets in there, it's just bang, 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 bang. And it will just stay in there. Yeah, It will just stay in there. And you're just like... And if you can like <laughs> get a good enough multiplier before it gets in there, you're like, look at those points. They're going up by tens of thousands now. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't ever play pinball for points because I'm no good, but it is like the points are always crazy. Right? So it's like yeah. 11 gajillion points. Yeah. You know, and you're like, I just played for two seconds. <laughs> How did yeah. that even happen? Yeah, I didn't I didn't mention it before, but the uh the place that we've been to in uh, uh Meriden, not too far from here, I I forget I don't know what you call it, if it's like a co-op or like what the technical term for it is, but it's this place that these guys just started renting together to store their pinball machines because they don't have room in their house. And then eventually they would like invite their friends over and just kind of like, you know, do these things. It's called and it got No, no, no. <laughs> like, but it's like, it got so popular that they were like, like, maybe this should be a business and it's only open like, you know a few random Saturdays like a month or they'll do like tournaments there. But like on days when they open, it's all day. Like you go there and it's like 15 bucks and it's like, all right, here's like 50, 40, 50 pinball machines free play all day. But then certain ones are designated for pin golf, which I didn't know about before I went here. So pin golf is a pinball golf. Like it sounds like. So basically there's a par score. And then like a plus one, a plus two. So you get you had a par score. Sorry, um, like a, a birdie. You know, like a like a minus one score, uh, a par, a bogey, and I think a double bogey. So so you so you play. You know, with your by yourself or a bunch of people. And then like whatever your score is, if it's like eleven million, like twenty one. And then you look, and it's like eleven million twenty one. Like that's a negative one. So now on your golf card score, it's like okay, like you know wow. minus one. So like you're you're kind of like cool. Yeah. So I like I, I never thought of it that way because I never play for points again because I'm not great and like who, I'm here for fun, right? But it was the first time I paid attention to points, and I was like, "Ooh, this is interesting." <laughs> like, try, how do I get multipliers? Oh, that's how. Okay, like, let me try. So it was fun. It, yeah, it's like I'm kind of with you, where I just like to play and like do the fun things. But really, like, if you pay attention to any game that's come out since like the '80s, like they have a story on the board. Yeah. If you're hitting the right things, you're you're progressing the game. You're progressing the story. Like, if you're playing high speed, like you're trying to get away from the cops if you're playing taxi you're trying to pick up all these people on this ride and and they're all like the avengers one hey hey hey. yeah you're trying to like (laughs) help all the avengers like stop thanos one by one like yeah Mm. yeah no i get all that i just not good enough to do (laughs) yeah a lot easier said than done in most cases yeah yeah. I wonder, I mean, I'm sure there is, but like, I'd be curious to jump, you know, fall down a YouTube hole at some point and just look at like a, like a long play or like, a, you know, a complete story play of like a pinball machine. Cause there's definitely people who are, you know, good oh, yeah. enough to do it. It'd just be interesting to see it. Sure. Yeah. Well, let's move to wrapping it up. As you can imagine, uh, the last thing I wanted to bring up was giving you a chance to talk about your favorite pinball machine. So Kelsey, tell us, what is your favorite pinball 
it's and why? the Batman 66 machine I've never played. Because <laughs> Come on, oh, you've never even played it. Come on. Really? Are you going to say that's your favorite? No, I'm not going to say it. It's my future favorite. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I've played... Like, I've played a lot of machines, like, one at a time. But I'm trying to think. Okay, okay uh, my background on our Skype chat, Laser War. Uh, that one is probably the game i've played the most and had the most fun with and it's got a it's so 80s it's got like purple and black and neon and you know you know people girls with the pointy bra things on the back glass uh the uh the sounds are hilarious it's got like some cool synth music but then when you hit certain targets it makes these really sexually suggestive moans (laughs) that come out of the machine it's got lots of sweet ramps that i like uh it's got three different like colors depending on what you hit like the the background of the play field will light up like all green when you're doing this section and then if you do this section it's all red now and all blue if you do this section so it kind of changes the atmosphere while you're going through uh and it's all just like so so 80s i don't know if i've ever seen anything as 80s as, as before. <laughs> uh, but it's a really fun machine i used to own that one um, a friend of mine still has it at his house, so if I really want to, I could go bug him and play it again too, which is nice. But yeah, Laser War is a really, really good one. Awesome, Bill. You have a favorite pinball game you like to play? Yeah, it's Future Spa. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. It's pretty cool. E- easily, from uh, just looking at the uh, pictures, it's I can got already the tell. Widest bodies. Uh, it's gonna it be is a good really time. fun to play. It's gonna be a good time. Um, so yeah, I've, I've already mentioned a bunch of the machines that I've played the most, um, here. So, uh, when I think about, um, you know, the time I've got, uh, to put into a bunch, a few of them I didn't mention is, um, uh, there was a nightmare on Elm street, uh, machine that Chris had that he like replaced the, um, the launcher with like the Freddy head, which is kind of cool. Like a lot of cool custom, you know, like ball launchers for the, for the enthusiasts out there. And we didn't mention this, but with the 3d printing becoming more prevalent, there's like even the opportunity to like do a lot of like cool customizations, like on like stuff on the play field as well. I, I bet you that's just saving guys a tons of money. Cause a lot of those machines have proprietary pieces in it. So it's like, Oh, when my, you know, Godzilla head breaks, like I will yep. never have another one in here, but now it's like, Oh, I can just print one. Yeah. You can, and you can get, uh, just hire yourself a, uh, like a Warhammer mini print uh, painter and he can like get you like all the details, like nice, nice and good. But, uh, but yeah. So when I think about the machines that I've played the most, like I've played a lot of black Knight 2000 and I just have such a fun time. Like every time I play it, um, I really, really like the Terminator, uh, two machine. Um, I haven't put like as much time into it as I'd like. Um, I put a bunch of time into the Simpsons, um, when I was, uh, yeah, when I was at Rich's uh, uh, buddy's house in North Carolina, and that was the one that he had that I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit here and I'm just gonna keep, pl- I'm gonna be bad or I'm gonna keep dying, but I'm gonna keep playing this game." And yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, and and uh, no endless possibilities as far as like what they could do with like the theming and Springfield and characters and sounds and like. It's just the 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 well runs so deep. It's so easy to make something that uh, you know has so much uh, like flair and character. I can't say Whirlwind is my favorite because I haven't played it a ton. But like the little that I played it, it was so so good. And I know I'm cheating. I'm kind of just like saying all the things that I've played again. So like if I had to pick one, 
just based on how much I've played it and how much fun I've had with it, I probably have to say Black Knight. Okay. Well, that's a it's a fun game. I really like yeah. that little extra like area that you that, have to get up to and man, try to and stay top, up there. And and like I said, like well, like what makes me happy is when I look at the the play field and I see a goal that I think is like attainable and like I know how to do it. So yeah. like a lot of games could be more fun for me if somebody was like, "Hey, psst, buddy, you're supposed to do X Y Z," you know. But like it's not obvious to me. But yeah, in in Black Knight, like with that with that upper play field. You know what you have to do to get it there, and then once it's there, it's it's not quite like a multi ball, but it's like kind of like that same feeling where you're like, all right, don't mess this up. I'm here, I'm here. Like, let's stay up here. Like, don't make me go home. And then when you get, oh, I'm not up there anymore. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's a fun game. It's so funny. Like the, uh, just and the theming is just kind of like, it's just got that unique feel where like you just you know kind of like you're getting it from the night, and he's like. And, and the music with like the the vocalization like ah <laughs> it's just a fun time like 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 talking about it more like makes me want to play it more so yeah i'm going to stick with the black knight it's a good pick it's a good pick um my pick i don't know if you guys ever played this game but i absolutely love it anytime i get a chance to play it that's attack from mars uh mid 90s pinball machine Obviously, like it was a take. Oh, when you guys remember that movie Mars Attacks, that really weird yep. movie that came out. <laughs> yeah, like obviously they no. didn't have any licensing to that, and they riffed on the rough idea of it. Obviously, it's mm. not, but like that was the thing. So, like, okay, we're gonna make this thing, right? And we can make it sound the idea close enough you know by saying attack from mars to the mars attacks because it's pretty generic but it's just like this really fun game where you like have these really garbage they have like these uh i mean they're like these little rubber alien guys it's just they're they're like 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 monsters like his brain yeah yeah i mean it's like really hokey like that movie is right it's really hokey and you're just kind of playing and like and they've got like the little rubber you know, aliens on the things. Sometimes you'll do things and they'll like vibrate. Uh, and yeah, you got like shoot the UFO like up on the little thing and hit it. And, and it'll be like, oh, you know, they're attacking the Eiffel Tower. And you'll be like, you know, this French garbage French voice, like, oh, sacre bleu, you know, they're attacking. And, you know, you have to fight them off. And that's it. Like they're attacking places around the world and you have to, to beat them. And it's got like the little screen up top. You don't have to pay a ton of attention to it, but. Like, it's got a bunch of fun noises. It's just, I don't know. It's just a great blast to play the game. I have mm. tons of fun. I'm not terribly great at it, but I just always have tons of fun every single time I get a chance to check it out. I, it's usually mm. one where I can get multi-ball at least somewhat regularly, so I have mm. fun doing that. It's one of my favorite things. And uh, I don't know. It's just, to me, that was like uh, kind of a lot of pinball peaked at that point. Um, they've... Don't get me wrong, they've done a lot of cool things since then, but like not a lot of things new past that. Besides like, oh, the back glass is a screen now. Okay, well. <laughs> but I mean like the ideas behind how the machines play don't haven't changed a ton, it seems like, since then. But um yeah, I would say if you ever get a chance to play Attack from Mars, uh it's funny. It's a fun game to play and really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, I'm really glad that we got an opportunity to talk a bit more about pinball. Um, probably something we should have covered a million years ago. 
but that's all right. I'll be curious as time marches on and Kelsey gets his pinball machine in and starts to put it on uh, on a route, and I'll be curious to hear how that goes from an owner perspective. The, the first one's paid off, and I'm it's like being manufactured right now, so I should be ready and up here pretty close to when I get back from my trip, I'd imagine. And for the listeners, that game is? Uh, Iron Maiden is my number one game coming in, and then I've put a payment on Avengers as well. That one will be the next one coming out. Very good. Nice. Um do they have like a to tell you like your game is here in the queue or whatever? No, because uh, like Stern's is it like ordering? For, is it right like now. ordering from Domino's? And, no, it's not. I don't have the little progress bar coming up. Uh, Jerry so, is installing the bumper. <laughs> <laughs> so after Stern builds it, they'll ship it to the distributor in BC where I bought it from, and then they'll let me know like, hey, it's in stock. We're going to ship it. This is the day it's going to show up. And then they'll they'll freight it up to uh, to its location here. Do you already That's have awesome. like a like a, a one of those pinball jacks and all that to move the no, thing around? I actually I talked to my buddy about getting one of those. He's like they're they're great if you move them a lot in the same building. He's like they're not actually that handy for taking them around to different locations. Oh. He's like so yeah. yeah. I, I will echo that. We bought one. I should we the Chris and Lance bought one at some point, like for moving stuff around uh, for Retro Worlds, and you know it slides under the unit. You jack it right up, and it's so easy to move around, like on smooth ground. The one that we got, the wheels are are small enough that like when there's ever like a kind of transition to go like onto a ramp or off of a ramp or onto a thing, it's always like you need three people like to kind of you know make sure because yeah. it you could tip the whole thing over right so yeah I, I would echo that sentiment very cool we'll be interested to hear about how all yeah. that goes and how it gets managed yeah. and uh, do you think it makes good financial sense for your first machine to be one that you will own forever and like never let anyone touch and uh, wow. it's just going to be in your house yeah it makes perfect financial sense there's no <laughs> way i can lose money <laughs> i kind of figured uh you know if this falls flat in its face i'd like to at least be stuck with a machine that i'm interested in uh there you i know go. iron maiden's not the broadest appeal for uh, a machine but uh, i don't care <laughs> yeah that's it, it's, i, I was just fine yeah, I think you're. I, I, this is that's my background was this in in your honor. I was pretty so, sad. Yeah. yeah, I'm not worried about it because we have been starved for pinball up here for like at least twenty plus years. So I don't think anyone's going to care what the theme of the first yeah. machine is. They're just going to be like, "What? Uh, There's a pinball in town again that I yeah. can go play." Are you prepared for the influx of new Iron Maiden fans uh, once the, I, their popularity explodes in Prince George? I've been George? my whole life. <laughs> Rob's on his way. They're yeah. they're gonna play at the uh, the local uh, venue. We're, we're, we're mixing up bands now. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, you're Bruce, right. Bruce, Bruce. I did, Bruce, Bruce. I hate Rob. Can come play my Iron Maiden pinball yeah. machine now too if he wants. That's fine. <laughs> Well, good. Well, I hope, um, you know, our listeners, if you, you know, I'm always curious to hear from you guys. What do you guys think about pinball? You like to play things. What's your favorite game? So, you know, give us your feedback. Uh, tell us uh, what you think. And if there are any good places uh, to go hit up and play some games uh, in your areas. I know there's several Midwesterners on our Discord, so always be interested to hear. That way, if I'm ever 
in Transduran route. Be good to know about some places. But speaking of which, uh, I'd like to thank our patrons as always. Uh, you can become a patron as well if you go to patreon.com slash collectorcast. And, uh, you know, a buck will get you in the door, get you in there chatting with us. We are a, a fun group of people, and uh, <laughs> we get to hear about all kinds of neat things, including uh, bathroom habits at times. But uh, <laughs> we always have a good laugh. Um, movies, Batman talk, uh, pretty much hey, whatever you want. Pretty low Batman talk. Just started again today after I got this. I, I'm all for you guys doing your Batman thing. Go for it. I'm not here to um, put the kibosh on that. Yeah. Uh, Zofar and I just finished reading Snow Crash uh, in our reading Discord. Uh, well, I just finished. He's a couple of chapters by me. Should be done right away, though. So I will probably chat. Maybe start a new book this summer, too. Absolutely. And, you know, you can always find us in all the lo- local the usual locations for finding your podcast we're on spotify we're on pretty much everything but soundcloud which i'll never bother to figure out uh i keep promising i'll post on the youtube thing maybe i will at some point it's new i don't know if anybody uses it everybody does spotify these days right so i'm sure you're listening to us on spotify Mm. go spotify whatever works for you but um either way again thank you all very much for taking the time to listen and we'll be chatting with you soon